G'day everybody, welcome to Barrel Surf Podcast. Namu here and we have another fantastic episode coming up for you. We've got the second part of our incredible chat with Mike Stomper McAuliffe. We recorded it a few weeks back and we had some tech issues so we thought we'd put it out as a two-parter. Here is the second part where Mike goes into all his Indo travels, some incredible stories there and uh, yeah, well worth the listen so get amongst it. I must say before we do start though that this episode as always is brought to you by the good people at Cheeky Monkey Brewing, Forrester Estate Wines, Down South Physio, Athletic Greens and also a new sponsor on board, Shark Eyes, the best wetsuits in the business. So get amongst that, support the show and support these incredible sponsors of ours. But now it's on with the show. Namu, I've been lucky enough to... Been working on one of my favourite roads in the southwest, Wildwood Road. It's a beautiful little valley road nestled in there. Very nice road. Oh, it's a lovely road. Lots of trees and lots of vineyards. And one of the best Forester estates is nestled right in the heart of the Yelling Up Valleys on Wildwood Road. What have they got for us, Nami? I'll tell you what. We've been banging on about Forester for a while now. And the reason is because it is amazing bloody wine. So if you've got a big night coming up, a nice date... An anniversary, get into it with your friends from Forrester Estate with their delicious Cabernet. We owe them a round of applause. (laughs) (laughs) Nice work, Forrester. How are those hammies feeling? Oh, I've got a bit of a lack of hammies, but I've been trying my best, T-Bone. But uh, been giving them a good workout at Down South Physio, Ooh. mate. It's the place to be in Dunsborough if uh, you want to just keep surfing or you're trying to fix an injury. Trev and the gang at Down South Physio have got you covered. They, uh, they're surfers and they know how to keep you in the water. Just don't mention any golfing injuries because I may or may not have accidentally thrown his club in the lake last weekend <laughs> at a surfing slash golf competition. But apart from that, Down South Physio. So, Azzy, what fine frothy beverage have you been consuming of late? Mate, I love a good limited release from Cheeky Monkey. Uh, they get me excited. They usually pack a bit of a wallop and, uh, you know, mix up the flavours. That's what Ooh. the craft beer is all about, limited Fuck releases and yes. specialty beers. Your beauty. Hey T-Bone, how's your health at the moment, mate? I've never been feeling so much better in my life now. Maybe 75 vitamins and minerals on a single serve in the morning. Fuck yeah. It's keeping the spicy cough away. Never felt better, Namu. He's talking about AG1s. AG1s, athletic greens. Get onto it, crew. I'll tell you what. It's certainly given T-Bone a bit of a vibe, hasn't it? He's fired up, isn't he? Put it in a shaker. Fucking give it a good shake in the morning. Woohoo! Barrel Surf Podcast. 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 Yeehaw! You're listening to Barrel Surf Podcast. Now we're here and we have Mike, Mike Collard in the. It's uh, podcast headquarters. Now, you're talking about coming back from Cactus Mike. A couple of fun times with the Cactus crew, obviously. What was that, Adzi? Uh, well, I think that line of questioning was um, the first time you went over east on your like your first uh, nationals um, 
competition campaign. I know the first time you came down south uh, was with your with your parents and your grandparents and stuff like that. Can you remember the first time you came down south uh, with your with your club comp, the Simcar? Scimitar. Scimitar. Was there any good stories to be had in some of those uh, early trips down south as, as a uh, club? Well, I just rem- – so I'm going to be – I apologise for people's names that I, I forget, but there was a, a, a kneeboarder because kneeboarding was pretty big back then too and there were some bloody good kneeboarders in this area. And there was a guy that used to uh, rent the house on the just on Caves Road on the corner of Smith's Beach there, just, just north of Smith's Beach. So I remember we used to stay there uh, with him and he was always really accommodating because this guy, Jeff Thompson, who was the president of the board riders who would bring us down, he knew he knew this guy well. So I remember we used to stay there at that place just on the corner there at yeah. Smith Beach on used Caves be, Road. Was this Crayfish Inn for a while, now it's Cape Lavender. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Right there. It's, it was um, just a bit of a house that this obviously the farmers or whatever were renting it out to some surfies who were – looking for a cheap place to, to rent so they could live the dream down here. So yep. we got to stay with him. That was really good. I, I just remember the board riders you know, in most part, you know, little bit, you know, it was a sign of the times, you know, a little bit of um, not necessarily great role models, but <laughs> but generally speaking they looked after us juniors yeah. as well. Yep. Just on that we had um, we had Josh Palmer here on in the shed quarters last week. He was talking about some uh, pretty funny grommet abuse that he used to – Copping tricks. <laughs> did you ever sort of get subjected to any grommet abuse, or did you outside subject? of the cool light fucking yeah. demolition? Well, I mean, yeah, he was talking about how he used to they'd pick the grade up on the drain at Tricks yeah. Car Park and put him in there, and then <laughs> park the Jesus car over the top of him Christ. so he couldn't get out. Jeez, that's, that's pretty good heavy. Stuff. Any yeah. good grommet abuse? Stories yeah, well, like? I think that. I mean, that's that's a really good question because. The grommet ab- abuse factor was building at that point in time in, sur- in surf culture. And I think we got bits and pieces of it. I mean, you know, they, a part of initiation with Scimitar, anyway, but I think it was pretty standard with a lot of clubs, not necessarily just surfing clubs either. Where that you, they'd give you the raw flush, you know, where they'd pick you up and put your head down the dunny and, <laughs> and flush, <laughs> flush the button. That was pretty standard initiation into a club. So, yeah, I definitely copped that. But I think it escalated. The grommet abuse in the 80s. era escalated in yep. in that period of time, and yep. I, I might have been just on the right side of not being in the real thick of it. Yeah, right. Interesting. Mind you, Josh would have probably deserved every bit he got. <laughs> <laughs> he, he was a pretty cheeky grommet, but he but he wasn't the only one. But there was there <laughs> was plenty of older there was plenty of older guys, particularly in that Triggs. I'm sure it was happening on every local beach, but there was plenty of older guys at Triggs. That were willing to bring a grommet back yep. to earth, and, uh, <laughs> and sometimes, yeah, sometimes justified, sometimes unjustified. And so did you? you so give no, any, not any too bad. yourself. No, no, I, I was actually a bit of a mentor for Josh. I think I, I don't think Josh could speak too harshly of me when it comes to <laughs> grommet abuse. I think I was. I'll do have a little soundbite from Josh's interview. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you I, me there. I, I'm like, shit, you're organised. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure there's some younger grommets that could speak harshly of me, but I don't remember myself being too bad. Yeah. Okay. What younger grommets were they, mate? <laughs> well, Josh was in that sort of era below me, and I felt like I was more more of it because he he was sort of when we started the Medems members up because yeah. we I sort of left Scimitar. Started Medem's members. Josh came through that 
period as, he was, as a junior. So the same age as Matt Branson through that, that Matt time? Matt Branson, yeah. yep. Exactly the same era. Exactly the same era. So that, that was sort of, you know, Wayne Jaggard was just under myself. You know, Stuart Bedford-Brown you mentioned before, although he's from Cottesloe. You know, he was in the state teams that I was in and he was just under my, under my age group. Um, just just those last couple of surfers, Bedford-Brown and, and Wayne, they sort of followed the ASP World Tour. I know Wayne had a crack for a year or so. I think he decided to yeah, opt out. Went, nah, I'm out. I'm out. out of it. Took up a teaching career or, or went to uni. And Bedford Brown, I think, went on for quite a few years. What about yourself, Mike? Did did you have the opportunity to? I mean, you surf in a few international events. Did you have the opportunity to to go on the ASP for for a while? Or, or? yeah, that well, that's a really good question because I, I, for me, I feel like yes, there was opportunity, and at times, like I've said, times I gra- I grabbed it by the horns, and other times I let it, I let it slip. Yeah, so. I feel like if I had jumped on my opportunities more and, and pushed the cause harder, I could have gone further with it. Yeah. Uh, I suppose I look at, I've, to be honest with you, I look at my surfing competitive career with a degree of regret and probably to a degree that has probably made me a better coach that I try and mm. motivate the Groms not to yep. make all those little silly mistakes yep. that can, and particularly these days, you know, you kind of got to be. So, you know, professional for lack of another yeah. word, even at a young age, if, you, if you've got a dream and you've got half a chance, you know, you kind of can't sort of fluff around the edges. Yeah. You kind of got to commit and be, Go all in. you know, it's, it's not to say you don't have your, your fun times as well, but uh, I, I felt like my parents would have probably backed me. Uh, opportunities as far as sponsorship and that were really limited. The mentors that I was talking about before could probably see, say the difference between Mitch and Macca, as opposed to me, they could probably see that I was one of those guys who surfed really well, could be really dedicated, but also loved to run with the with the pack. Yeah. Whereas I'd say Macca and Mitch were more willing to separate themselves from the the pack, and therefore more professional, and therefore their careers probably professionally wise grew more than my the mine did. Uh, so yes, yeah, so, and and then when that opportunity closed, I was very regretful for a long for a long time mm. but it's not to say that I couldn't have but I also think it things happen for a reason and although I dabbled in professional surfing and you know surf bells and Margaret River Thriller and uh, before it used to be at Snapper it used to be at Burley um, yeah. so yeah I, and I did a lot of pro-am stuff so I did a lot of competing at at professional level but wouldn't say I ever turned professional um, and I'd say I was kind of underachieved pretty highly yeah. in my, in, in when I look at it in hindsight and I did was very regretful for a long time mm-hmm. but now I look back on it for two I look back at it I'm totally fine with it now in the sense that um, if I had gone professional and I had ended up going on the world tour I probably could have gone fully off the rails right. <laughs> <laughs> there was a lot of wild stuff going on yeah in the, a lot yeah. of the 80s and the 90s this, wasn't there yeah. was, you know and there's books and stories of yeah, very yeah, successful yeah. surfers that can tell those stories. Yeah, and and I could have been easily one of them. Yeah. So yeah. That, therefore, I look back now and go, well, things happen for a reason. Yeah. And I I stayed here and and got to surf Indo and I got to surf Nalu awesome. before it even got known. And so that's another really good reason. Yeah, you know, I feel like by far my best surfing has been done in places where there's no one around. Yeah. And there's no competition. There's no yeah. rashies. Yeah. 
Right. But that's surfing, right? surfing. Surfing yes. is before the competitions, everything else. It's yeah. all about just that pursuit of getting the great wave, isn't it? So tell us, uh, tell us about those early days up north. Uh, well, Barry Young actually got me onto up north. I had actually gone to Cal Barry, uh, with Fred Annesley. He took me to Cal Barry back in the early days. So I got a taste of Cal Barry. Love, love that wave and love the, the crew that were there then. Of course you did, you filthy, goofy footer. <laughs> uh, and then we were really lucky for the Medems members actually got a good relationship going with the Cal Barry board riders or the Cal Barry locals. And we had a, a Medems versus Cal Barry comp. No going way. for about seven years. Wow. Yeah, cool. Yeah, so we'd get free rain at Jake's for that weekend. and we'd Probably the only surfers in Perth that would get that opportunity. <laughs> that was, that <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, there was one year. Still Jack, to this day. <laughs> Jack McCoy was doing a photo, a film, one of his green iguanas or whatever yeah. they were, oh, yeah. and he had Margot and Oki oh, okay. um, with him, and they happened to be in Calberry One of the weekends we were running the Medams versus Calberry. Really? And uh, we put them in the board riders. Oh, um, did you? Oki, in the Medems board riders? Well, Oki surfed for Calbarry and Margot surfed for Medems. <laughs> no Sick. way. Yeah. Sick. <laughs> <laughs> That's epic. That's awesome. So, yeah. That, Who so, came out on top? Oki, surely. <laughs> yeah, Oki left, won. Of course. Oki won. I mean, Margot got second. Such a gnarly left-hander. Uh, I think I actually did beat Oki in a heat that day. You did? But he won the final. Nice. He won. I think yeah, he beat right. him in the early round. Oh, that's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, but up north, Darry Young got me onto up north, uh, and it was all about the bluff back in the mm. in the seventies. Yeah. Nalu yeah. was really quite mythical. It was either no one knew about it, or there was this imaginary wave that might get good yeah. if the swell got big or something. That was about the only word we heard about it. Yeah. Anyway, so I just you know I remember him giving us directions. You know, you you got to go to the the station owner and let him know that you you're turning up on his station at Quabba Station and you. are drive over six grids and you turn left and and we ended up uh we did all that we followed followed the instructions and got down onto some beach somewhere between turtles and bluff we got so we obviously got lost yeah. and the first thing we saw the first day we got there was it was a sh- like a six eight foot bronzy just swimming through the <laughs> through the shore break in the, in these lagoons at uh, somewhere somewhere south of turtles it was and i'd say we didn't even know turtles and then so but we could see the big bluff so we went there and camped didn't get it very good. Uh, we surfed it small. Uh, and then we just saw these surfies driving, you know, because there was about three other camps there back then. Some guy was di- going diving with his um, – and he had his family there and he had so much fish. He was giving us fish. and But these other guys would drive past us and we're going, what are they doing? Where are they going? And <laughs> I think on the third day we sort of followed them and, <laughs> and then we found turtles and had um, some amazing surfer turtles. Again, got scared in. Spooked in by a big shark there as well. So that was our f- first trip was this place is sharky. And then we went back there a couple more times. I think we went there the second time and got nothing. Didn't even get turtles on. Really? Just rubbish. On mm. sure you were going in winter though, weren't you? We were you, we, you would, had no I idea. think the first time we went was May, oh, which yeah. obviously you can get super lucky. Yep. Um, I think the second time was probably June. Okay. Or no, it might have been actually might have been Easter the second time. Oh, yeah. You thought, oh, Easter holidays, let's go. And then the third yeah. time we just scored totally, and that and, was it. and we met this Geraldton guy who told us about this mythical wave north. So he one afternoon drove Shory and I up there, and I still have that vision, which is still the same track really. Just as you leave the turn off to Three Mile Camp and you're heading towards Toomey's and you're heading along that track and you start seeing all the the ocean and the waves, and I still got that memory of driving along mm. that track and seeing these. 
things spinning off. And mm. Really? Was it cool? Had, no, 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 no. It wasn't a person to be seen. Wow. It was it was totally deserted. And we paddled out. I don't even know where we paddled out. And then we were trying <laughs> to take off and didn't know where we were taking off. <laughs> we were just pulling back, pulling back, and we were just yeah. going down the line until we found a spot we could we could take off. Oh, wow. Um, that would have been man, that would have been so you would have been so lost. I mean, it's so obvious now, like, oh, yeah, that's midges and there's centuries and you paddle out here because the current takes you there and it, it's all like mate, everyone just knows. But back then you just would have been going, mate, well, yeah, where is where is anything? None of it's got names. You, you just such was, a long piece of reef. And it was pretty big that day too. Yeah, you know, right. If you got to surf at first at four to five foot, you'd probably get the chances to, to yeah. nut it out a bit, really? bit better. And what were your boards? Were we talking like early eighties here? We'd yeah, well, I, uh, I actually shaped boards for about four years for yeah, right. Blacksall surfboards. I shaped about. Oh, yeah. I shaped about. Um, did you shape that one by any chance? Five hundred surfboards. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, I, I did. Don't think I shaped that one. <laughs> yeah. And I had to cut my own. They had the. Uh, they had those really random, curvy channels to them. Oh yeah. They were single fins, but you know those. They weren't like your, your typical channel. They were kind of like. Almost like corrugation type channels, just yeah, like wow. the track on the way in. <laughs> a bit like the track, <laughs> yeah, kind of like those corros. <laughs> so yeah, that, that were my boards that I'd shaped that I had. Um, so you're on a singly, you reckon, first time? Yeah, we're up on singly. Yeah. Wow, that would have been Fuck. really sketchy. I mean, I've surfed singlies out there, but um, they're probably slightly refined, but still, just paddling into the unknown there, you know, and such a and as you say, it was big. Uh, did you get any good waves that first session? Nothing amazing, you know, yep. nothing to compare w with what was to happen down the line. But I you know, we buzzed about the day. I still remember buzzing. About Who that. were you with? I was with, a, a, again, I apologise for the people. It was a guy from, his name was Ken and he was from Geraldton. Oh, yeah? But I was with Shorey, Mick, Mick Shorey. Ah, Shorey, yeah. yeah. We, we probably did our first three or four trips uh, yep. up there together. Yeah, right. So yeah, it was him and I and this guy from Geraldton that took us there. He knew it. We didn't know it. And did you go back? To three mile that trip, or was it just a one? Well, one the only thing you could do at three mile really was surf three mile or surf Toomey's. And yep. Shorey was a good good diver, so he'd dive in the what is now the lagoon at three mile camp because yep. that was no camp. That was just no. Obviously, was a, there was a four wheel drive track because that's where fishermen went yep. for fishing and for diving. Yeah, that's all. That, that's all that was. There was nothing else to it. Yeah. And then the the guy that ran Nalu, apparently he was gnarly. We didn't actually run into him, but you know we would surf and dive and fish and then get the hell off that. Yeah, because right. you know, we'd heard bad stories about him not liking surfers and do not stay on that station. Really, what would he do? Well, just stories of you know shotguns coming out. <laughs> really, shooting at like car tires or something, or well, just threatening. That's uh, yeah. That, that was so we had no altercation whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. But we had. We had heard the rumours and the stories. Yeah. So we, I'm sure he didn't kill anyone, but by the same token, <laughs> you just don't want a shotgun in your face, do you? No, definitely At any not. stage in your life. No. Yeah. You definitely don't. No. But yeah, and then we just sort of, yeah, I suppose the, the So it was only one day there. trip, you reckon, on that? You oh, that yeah, it was strictly day trips from the bluff. Yeah, but only one day that on that trip? On that you, trip, yes. Or were you so buzzing that you went back the next day? No, that's a good question. No, it was just the one day. Was it? Yeah. Yeah, right. I can't ask why. We didn't go back. Maybe the swell just went flat because yeah. it can do that up there. Yeah. The swell can drop away yeah. pretty quick. But then uh, next next season, next year, you you hit it and was it was uh, the focus 
like, hey, we're going to go back up and surf that one? Or Not initially. The bluff the, was the, still pretty yeah, good, Yeah, the it? bluff was still well and truly doable. Uncrowded. And, yeah, I don't exactly know why, but, you know, we just, you know, I just sort of chipped away at it for a few years. It wasn't, it wasn't my primary focus from that moment on. It sort of grew. It kind of grew over time. And you, you mentioned uh, Indo before. Were you doing Indo trips between your up north visits then? Yeah. So that, a few years there I, I missed up north because I was doing Indo trips and you know, obviously I had a fair bit of time in Bali. But I, got, I just got lucky with all those trips. I, I did Desert Point and that sort of Sumba area when there was just no one. Really? So I got, I got, How did you end up on that trip? Some Margaret River guys organised a boat trip and they were asking for crew. And at the time, I think it was around about the time that Ian Cairns was running that surf shop in Osborne Park on Scar Beach Road. Uh, he oh, said, yeah. He made this big bonanza surf shop. I remember that shop. My dad, who's sitting in the corner quietly over there, he used to, he used to have windsurfing and surfing and it was a one-stop shop, wasn't it? Correct. Really big Boats. on Scarborough Beach yep. Road. And it had a big skate ramp out the back. I remember a big half pipe out the back. Is that the one you're talking about, isn't it? Yeah, that's the one, yeah. Yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah, so I was getting sponsored by them at the time. And oh, yeah. Kanga was on that trip. So somehow I um, I got asked and got invited to go on that trip. But that's, how I, that's how I ended up on the boat. So boat trip, I mean, There's what sort point. of boat are we talking about here? Oh, that went Indo boat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming. <laughs> yeah, right. Was that your first ever overseas trip? No, that one wasn't. No, I think my. F- oh, maybe my- before we shoot to your first one, tell us about that trip. Did you score? Um, yeah, we, a point. Yeah, and- we didn't get a lot of other waves elsewhere. We surfed Nusadul and we got back to Bali and we found a little right hander somewhere around. Uh, I think there's a place called Kuda on. On Sumba or Sumbawa? Kuda on Lombok? Yeah, I'm not sure. A we, we found a little, found a couple of little waves. Was this the 80s, Mike? Yeah, and yeah. we were, were around um, not far from Super Suck, but oh, we yeah. didn't get Super Suck yeah. on. And there was a, a Scar Reef just near there. Yeah. We got that pretty good. We yeah. got that pretty good, but not not amazing. Desert Point is where we got our waves. Must been licking your lips, being a goofy footer. Oh, far oh Desert Point's just incredible. Wow. And they say no one else there, wow. just our boat. So any mishaps on that trip at all? No machetes. No, well, it, it was kind of funny because I hadn't met. I, I kind of was getting to know Kanga reasonably well at that time, but I hadn't known prior. And then he got a brother, David Cairns, um, and David was coming on that trip, and I didn't know David at the time, but they said, "Oh, look." You don't have to worry about anything going wrong or having any injuries because David will do it all for us. <laughs> and I said, yeah, okay, whatever. And sure enough, he is just one accident-prone individual. <laughs> and he was just getting injured all day, every day. And But he just took it with a grain of salt. He was, you know, he was getting smashed by sea urchins and the sun was cooking him and he was getting, you know, barley belly. And, really? Yeah, you name it. He was... Every, every day there was an incident with Dave. But, Good on um, you, DC. He took a hit for the team, pretty much. It's <laughs> classic. So I don't, yeah, I don't remember having too many dramas on that trip. Oh, just getting tubed out of your mind. Yeah, it was amazing. Was sweet, yeah, amazing. And sweet. was Kanga ripping? Was he on it? Oh, I was. It was. He was carrying a fair bit of weight. Was he? But he was still throwing it around. Yeah, yeah right. he wasn't. Definitely wasn't at his peak. Okay, so that was still, after his professional. Yeah, well career. after, well yep. after, yeah, yeah, yeah. But he was still, still strong, still getting amongst it. Yeah, sick. Where's he at these days? 
He's over in California. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he's in California. He spent a lot of time doing the NSA and sure all that sort of stuff. Sure yep. has, yeah. Yeah, just, fi- just finishing reading his second book and, yeah, he's still – There he is. What 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 are you looking – what are you pointing – as he's pointing at something. Oh, sure well, he is. signed that poster. Right. Um, uh, it's a Morning of the Earth Michael the, Peterson poster. MP but poster. Uh, Yeah, but uh, Kanga was, was in my house one day. And, was he? Yeah, and uh, and I and I didn't. And I thought I got to get him to sign something, so I just got him to sign that. You just wake up in the morning and Kanga's <laughs> in your le- living room. He's just <laughs> just hanging out, making coffee. And yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. yeah oh, hello, Adzi. Yeah, just thought I'd make some coffee. I did. It's, it's one of those things, like on Step Brothers, when you know you you meet someone famous, it's like, well, why why do you get him to sign this sword? And it's like, well, that's all I had at the time. I just got him to sign it. You know, boats and hose. Yeah, boats and hose. Boats and hose. That's uh, yeah. Well. Uh, but yeah, Stomper my first was telling us about boats and hose, but no hose, just just boats. boats. Yeah, but yeah, my first trip I reckon overseas would have been Bali, and yep. would have been with Mitch Thorson. Was it? Yeah, and I think that would have been. We were, we were both pretty young, so that would have been probably seventy-eight or something. And yeah, we had incre- again. We we scored. Yeah, we scored. We. I remember buying some those cheese cloth. Uh, Bordies that they was used mm-hmm. to sell in Indo. Oh yeah, like it cost you a dollar or something. Right. And one afternoon we're staying in Legian, I think, or Kuta. And I went down for a surf at at, uh, at the local beach, jumped in the water, caught two waves, and the bordies just <laughs> literally <laughs> dissolved. Really? The, they just fell apart. <laughs> they made out of rice paper. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. They made out of rice paper. <laughs> so I remember having the dudge stop through the streets trying to use my board to. Yeah. To you know, cover myself up because my bodies were just yeah. just de- deteriorated. Classic. Did you get down there. at Uluwatu during that? Yeah, time? and we we got yeah we re- we scored. We got ma- one day in particular. We had big outside corner uh, on the on the lower tide, and then the tide came in and this is uh, a shaper. He's a shaper from Queensland. Oh, Albert. 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 I think it was him. Yeah, yes, yeah, that's yeah, who it was. Yeah. yeah, he took us down to when you had to you know walk a kilometre. And a half from the road to get to Ulu's, yeah. and then another kilometre and a bit from Ulu's to get to Padang. Must have been amazing back then. So we did a lot of walking. S- he did a lot of scoring from the fucking <laughs> yeah, sounds we, of it. <laughs> we scored big time. Yeah. That, trip. that would have been epic. So yeah. Padang by yourselves? Yep, pretty much. Oh, yeah. fucking hell. And they say I'm, I'm kind of cringing as a goofy footer over here. <laughs> yeah, prospect of it all. And again, I never really went back. You know, I went obviously going back to Bali a lot, but. I've never really hunted Padang since. I've never really hunted Desert Point since. Mm. since. And, I, yep. and I don't know why because they're such amazing waves. Mm. But maybe yeah. I just and like that. someone of your colour, like though, you fond, can still get waves. There, I just like you know, that like, fond memory of, yeah. of, just having, of having what I had. Yeah. It's yeah. not to say that if I went back there that it would ruin those memories. But um, yeah. that's really early Desert Point. Um, yeah. yeah. I, for some reason I thought you might have said Gradjigan or somewhere like that. That seemed to be uh, – a bit of a spot yeah. back in the late 70s, early 80s. Uh, yeah, I didn't go to Grudging until I was 40. Yeah, so really? I was, I was a slow you? mover on Grudging. Yeah. Wow. And tell yeah. us about it. <laughs> uh, well, I went for Shorey's 40th. Uh, that's how I know I was 40. Fucking um, Shorey. He is an absolute uh, stalwart of your life, isn't he? I've yes, met the man. Yeah. He's, he's solid. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. a good individual and he's a fucking Classic. good surfer too. So he's, he's good another good one we should. Is we he should a goofy footer? Oh, right, sure. Of course he is. Yeah, I mean, Stomper wouldn't be mates with him if he, well, <laughs> he wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> we should put Shorey on the list of men who need to come in here. That's men, for sure. Men needs to come in. Yeah, Shorey, yeah. Shorey's uh, Again, I haven't been back since. That was my one and only surf. Only one and 
Um, I'm assuming you just machine. scored it, got fucking tubed we, out of your mind. We, we lucked like in you again. Do. We lucked in again. For those, footers, eh? for, those that, for those that don't know, listening out there, I mean, you'd have to be living under a rock. But just for the record, Stomper gets absolutely fucking shacked as shacked yeah. as anybody can ever get shacked on a left-hander. This man will do it. So when he says, I went to G-Land and we scored, that means... Like we're talking like ten second barrels coming. Well, out. Do we have any? Do we have any barrel. clips on YouTube floating around? Oh, fucking we, mate, no, no further than lubrication. Oh, sorry, out. sorry, it's, yeah, mate, some of the, of the sections that he had at uh, up north in in those early two thousands. That mate, the yellow helmet stomper. I thought his nickname Stomper was because he just stomped massive fucking drops all the time and got huge pits. But uh, Billy Gibson told me otherwise. <laughs> What is? I got it. Got it. Yeah, let's this, hear it. I knew this let's question. Hear it. Was <laughs> and it's again, it's not a, it's not a pretty one. Um, <laughs> I actually, with all the because all the Groms, most of the Groms that I coach don't know me as Mike. They used to know me as Stomper. Yeah. And normally they go, "How do you get your nickname, Stomper?" So I've got a PG version. <laughs> oh yeah. Give us uh, a PG first. So I thought it was stomping like ten foot air. Nah, let's hear, let's hear the. Well, other yeah, well, I mean, I've got this sort of short, stocky stature, and that sort of carries on onto my surfboard. You know, kind of mm. that sort of. Stocky, yeah, you're very solid bald, on your feet, bald, man. Bald head, you know, romper stomper. Oh, you know, okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You don't don't dance very well on the dance floor. <laughs> stomp around. Yeah. 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 Does anyone here dance well? I <laughs> know oh, I don't. No, I do. No. Oh, you do? Yeah, I got form. And yeah, and most most Doesn't of the groms telling you about it either. <laughs> groms will swallow that story, so that's that's yeah, good. good, good. But again, it goes back to a nationals, and it goes back to an old friend, Lindsay Thompson, uh, yep. who's passed away now. But Lindsay and I were were staying together with Colin Earl, uh, another yeah, great health, surfer from that era, and a hell shaper. To yeah, this and day. A great mate, shaper. Sammy Morrison, great shout shaper. out to Sammy. He has been riding a quiver of Colin Earls for twenty plus Forever. years. I, I had a few colonels back in the day. So yeah, cool. Yeah, great shaper. Yeah, good shaper. Lived over the back fence of my cousin's, so they used to get some boards off him. Oh, yep. I actually ran him, ran into him down at Lefties the other day. He's just turned around. He must be close to sixty this year, and he is still frothing like a grom. Legend, <laughs> awesome. Surfing three times a day, and then plays oh, eighteen holes. Three in the times afternoon. a day, fucking hell. It would, I think when he comes down here, he just hits it hard. That's you know, awesome. Because he's you know living up in City Beach still, where he's yep, yep, born and bred. But yeah. anyway, so yeah, we're we're all national national title state team staying. Us three were staying together, and it's freezing cold. Phillip Island in late May, early June, so cold. Mm. And so we had this really good little plan where we'd go to the uh, showers, and there was these clothes dryers in the showers, and we'd uh, shove our wetsuits in the clothes dryers and get them nice and warm, and then we'd jump in the shower and have these really hot showers, and then get out, whack our wetties on. Jump on the bus, get down to the comp, and you know we're ready to go. You know we put our yep. clothes over our wetties, and you know as soon as our heats were on, we were we were warm, ready because we we're yep. we we're organised. And there was this one morning; it was freezing cold, and I just didn't want to get out of the shower. <laughs> and I was busting to go to the dunny, <laughs> so I have dropped one over the shower grid, and and then proceeded to stomp it through the grid. <laughs> and oh and Lindsay's in the shower next oh, to yeah. me, the cubicle next to me. And I said to Linz, Linz, you're not going to believe what I'm doing. <laughs> so I told him what I was doing and he was going, no way, no way. And then, no way. And then right, so he's got on the bus, the team bus, you know, and there's 20 crew on the bus <laughs> and he's told them all what I've done. <laughs> yeah, of course. And so I've got on the bus and they all just started 
Stompa. 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 Yeah. And that's pretty much. Did you clean your foot it, up it, afterwards or did you well, get on the shower? I was in the shower, shower man. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Just fully. Might have missed I it. I can't, say, can't <laughs> say I got the soap out, but I definitely, <laughs> yeah. definitely rinsed it yeah. in proper. And I've never done it since. So I it was a one off. It was a one off. I guess they should call us all Stompa because I think we've most most of us have done that. Yeah. Um, well, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, we Way to out yourself there, Nanu, on, on national radio. I didn't, I didn't say I've done it. I said most of us. Yeah, I, was, I was talking to Danny Green, the boxer. He reckons he's done it. Oh, oh really? Yeah. He, was, he was telling me he's done it. Stop oh, the there you go. That's not a bad nickname for old Danny. <laughs> yeah, it. yeah. Yeah, go ahead and call him it next time. Oh dear, yeah. Because he's a he's a froth and goofy footer. Is now relocated to Margs and surfing yeah. all the time out at Margie's Mains, isn't yeah. he? Yeah, six two eight five. Danny yeah. Green's arrived. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I believe he lives next door to Chris Selby. You must know Chris. Yeah, I know Chris or another yeah. frother. There's they're probably yeah. the two biggest frothers in there. My daughter right? goes yeah. out with Kai. Okay, yeah, yeah, Kai's a great young man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but. Uh, that's a that's a good yeah. story. It's uh, very similar to what Billy G was. Uh, what he threw down. A he couple might have years even ago. been there. Uh, yeah, been, I'm not sure. Too. I think yeah. he might have been. I think he said urinal, but either way, it, <laughs> I mean, yeah, showers better than urinal, to be honest. So uh, yeah. you've cleaned the story up since Billy G came in. I think it's 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 gotten better. No, but, no, um, no, no, no. How are you going to seem like a good idea at the time? Yeah, no, no. sound fine. No. Um, Stomp into a urinal. That's, uh, mate, I don't know. Billy had a story. Yeah, yeah so. Uh, a long time ago, but mate, casting your mind back as well, just a, a quick note I wrote, that first trip that you did to Bali with Mitch Thorson, I mean, that must have been pretty wild times, uh, you know, no connectivity back to Australia really, you know, no phones and no internet and that is, um, you know, was there any wild times, did did your old mate Skinny Pete turn up there at all, or in in the in the bright lights of Cooter, or was it was it the hippie trail was pretty alive and well, or what was the scene like in Bali there at the time? It would have been pumping. It, yeah, it was it was definitely starting to to be a happening place, but it was you know the the roads were all I just remember the roads all being muddy and not not bitumized, and it was it was you know little very basic Losmans and eat outs, and even the accommodation was all very very basic. Uh, you know, the beaches were pretty stunning and, and there wasn't much built along the beaches then. Everything was sort of built off that main street and then from yep. the main street to the beach was pretty much beach. Uh, there was a start. There was the start of local surfers. There was a young guy, Froggy. I remember him being really good for us. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think I did have one run, run in though with a Balinese guy. So there was a little bit of localism starting, starting to kick in. And yeah. I remember actually once I... Uh, didn't flick the board at him, did you? <laughs> no, I didn't flick my board at him. I might have taken an extra wave or two off him or he wanted to take two and I wanted to take turns. But um, I can't remember how that all happened. But but I do remember being out at, at Ulu's and this guy would have been carrying my board and he was such a good uh, caddy and and I got become good friends with him. And I said to him, oh... I'm going to leave a surfboard with you. I'm going to leave one of my boards with you. And I had all the right intentions on doing it. And I said that to him right at the end of the trip. And then we went back to, to Cooter because, you know, it was a pretty big trip from Cooter out to Lulu's back then. And anyway, this, there was no swell. We never we never went back to Ulu's. To so I never actually got to give him the board. Yeah, and right. then I went back. Five years later. Oh, he remembered, yeah. And he fully remembered. <laughs> of course he would. Of course he would. Away. And he, really? He had me cornered. He was harassing me. Really? Like 
I felt like I, you know, if he kept pushing the issue, I felt like I was going to have to hand the board I had under Right my then arm and there. To, oh, wow. Like, so it came up with some flimsy excuse, which was flimsy, and he could see straight through it. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, Did you end up leaving him with anything? He had, they had good memories. They got yeah, they very do. Good yeah. Memories. Oh, they're oh. amazing memories. Yeah. <laughs> the best memories ever. No, nah, no, nah, you said 500,000 roops <laughs> six years ago. Did you end up buffing him out with anything? I can't remember. I think, no. I, think I did he go can. back to all those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You'll go back. You'll go back this winter, and there's this. I've old actually fucking... got him on the phone. Yeah, here we go. Katut, <laughs> Katut, are you there, mate? Yeah. What have you got to say, to Stomper? Uh, yeah, I've, I've got a board for you. Yeah. Board He's for one you. coming. It's made of timber. It saves <laughs> nuns. One of our, one of our one, yeah. of one, one of these ones in the room. Oh, that's funny. Oh man, uh, mates, what's the? You're talking about localism there. I'm no doubt you've traveled uh many places around the world i'm assuming outside of indo and, and and australia what's the worst localism encounter you've come across in the surfing world well we went we went to the west indies west indies we ended up in barbados for world world titles no way and on the way back i was with Benton moran paul manners you know it was a good year where a few west aussies made the aussie team and we're on, we went to hawaii on the way home Oh yeah, and we were just so shit scared of the localism. Yeah, and we bought this old American, you know, the station wagon with you know the wooden panels and everything. Oh yeah, river, you know, what those call those things? Rusty yeah, woody. Yeah, yeah an old woody. woody. Yeah, yeah. we we bought one of them, you know, because there was there was four of us, so we all chipped in and had that, and we were staying at this condo, condo at Turtle Bay, and but we were just so scared of the localism that for the first week we'd drop crew off at different streets. So we'd all paddle out kind of individually just, oh, yeah, just, right. just so we, we wouldn't because we didn't want to rock up with four Aussies four and all squad. paddle out together. Oh, in the end, it, and then in the end we were pulling up into the Sunset Car Park, you know, boards hanging out and we were pretty chilled and pretty relaxed and we didn't really have any troubles but you could just sense you just didn't want to step over the line at all. Mm-hmm. And if a wine was paddling, you just pulled back. Yeah. Um, and Velsey Land, you just didn't go. There were some sort of rules that didn't didn't just, go to Velsey Land. D- just don't surf. Yeah, yeah. That was pretty much what they yeah. said. Yeah, okay. But then yeah, we surfed a few of the sort of B grade, lesser known breaks, and we got on really well with some of the local guys there. They were really, really quite friendly. But yeah, it does seem from what we've talked to a few crew like Mitch Thorson, and Damon Eastow and crew have been spent a lot of time over there. It seems like they sort of respect the West Australians in that we're we're sort of low key. Um, and not going out there, being super aggressive and stuff, and just respecting the crew. So yeah, sounds like a similar thing for you guys. Did you get any good waves at Pipe and and that sort of thing? I've been there three times. Was that your first trip there? That was our first trip. Yeah, yep. um, and never surfed Pipe. Okay, no, I was um, crowds kind of did my head in. Yeah, yeah, uh, and it was never really that good. And when it was, there'd be other waves that were equally as fun with not many crew on them. Yeah, okay. So yeah, I never never got to surf pipe. Body surfed. Body surfed at about two foot. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Snorkeled by <while I'm> here. <laughs> <laughs> Where were the biggest waves you got over there? Probably sunset. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, had sunset pretty pretty decent. Solid. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, had that pretty, pretty Mitch would have dragged you out there, would you? Was he with no, you? I didn't go with Mitch. No, I didn't didn't go with Mitch. No. He um Well Mitch was on that first trip I was talking about to Bali and he was Pretty tentative back then, you know, like he was just developing his big okay. wave prowess. So yep. it was really, you know, impressive to see how Mitch evolved into such a big wave surfer. 
know, so it shows you with, uh, you know, commitment and attitude where you can go. So I remember him out at Ulu's and, and Padang being quite intimidated mm. by by the size. And they were probably some of the biggest waves we had surfed up until that point in our lives, which he would have been – God, he would have been young. He would have been – because if I was 17 or 18, he must have been – yeah, and I don't know how we how parents let us go. I was about to say, like, how is <laughs> it these old stories? Trip, like trip over east. I was, yeah. you know, just turned seventeen, and yeah. parents let me drive over over the Nullarbor with a couple of random <laughs> old guys. It's different, isn't it? Tyra and I went to Bali after school, and I was I was sixteen, 16. when we went over there, and yeah. I turned seventeen over there, and T Bone was seventeen already. But yeah, we. We certainly had some experiences. Yeah, there, yep, yep. We uh, young yeah. Swedish lashes. did a couple of pub crawls. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <probably> epic. <laughs> and mate, what's the heaviest thing you saw go down in Hawaii? Either surfing or you know after surfing on the beach or whatever. Yeah, so I haven't got like like any real sort of rad stories in regards to my my times in Hawaii. So oh, I've good. never seen it really massive. Like I've never oh, okay. se- I've never got to see Waimea. Yep, pumping. Uh, I got it, you know, say sunset similar to what we call sort of 12 foot margs and yep. maybe, you know, 15 foot margs is about as big as I've seen it. Uh, didn't see a lot of heavy localism that may not have necessarily seen here on our own, on our own coast. Um, yep. I, 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 I love Hawaii. I think. Had some good times a, there. Yeah, the, I love the, the climate of the place. I like the. The warmth of the water and the waves, you know, there's a lot lot of waves there. I know it's crowded. I would I, you know, obviously love where I live, but it's a pretty impressive place. Even I mm. even like Waikiki. Yeah. Full on. For me, that's probably the scariest part is driving around. Yeah, right. The drive. I remember yeah. being re- I actually got lucky. I was with my wife Rhonda last time we went and we were driving to because we were staying at an Airbnb and the kid that we were staying or the people we were staying with, his kid was in a comp at Waikiki. And we were gonna go and watch the comp. And we drove and I just got lost on the freeway and I was just stressing. I said, Rhonda, I just got to get off the freeway. Got to get really? off the freeway. And so we just pulled off whenever we could pull off, came across this beautiful car park, little shady palm trees and out off the distance about a K off the, off the beach is these waves reeling. Really? And, and then they see these guys surfing these waves. So I just grabbed my board and paddled out and Classic. came across these really fun waves off wow. – these outer reefs out the back of um, to the I don't know what you'd call it to the to the east of Waikiki near okay. Diamond Head near Diamond oh, Head. Oh yeah, there's yeah. all these really good outer reefs out there with heaps of good waves. Because there's a lot of waves in Hawaii that are just mate. You just think of Hawaii as those those iconic waves, but you watch like a, a surf movie from like the early '80s or something, and they're at fucking spots that you'd never. Like you just don't see, you know, and they're like good waves, and you're like, but back in the day they were going there and filming them. But it seems like there's just a lot of waves there that are not documented. Is that what you're? Oh, it's, a, sort of, it's definitely a wave-riddled island mm. for sure. Yeah, sick. There's more than just what goes on the North Shore. That's for sure. And I suppose the other thing that did jump out to me at, about Hawaii was there, there's a lot of homelessness there, even back bit, then. Yeah, well, the last this is the last time I went. Which is not that long ago. Oh, okay. Last time I went was only, I don't know, four, four or five years ago. Oh yeah. Uh, so that that kind of really jumped out at me. And, you know, big the, drug, big, big drug problem over in Hawaii, isn't it? I heard so. Yeah, I mean, again, yeah. I, you know, we saw snippets of it snippets, with some of the yeah. homeless people. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's one of those things. I imagine it'd be easy to go down 
yeah. the dark path, but it's pretty easy to stay yeah. stay away. What uh, context were you in Hawaii uh, recently and four years ago? Was it purely a, a yeah, just holiday? a holiday? Okay, yeah. had yeah. nothing to do with like coaching anyone or no, mentoring no. We've been we've no. been to Maui for my nephew's wedding. Okay, cool. Um, and then I think he just decided to go to Maui, hoping no none of his relatives would turn up. <laughs> but a few of us rocked up. An old chestnut. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we went there, and then we, Rhonda and I spent a few weeks on the North Shore. I've got to ask you why we're in Hawaii. Obviously, Kelly started the the year with a win at Pipe last year at fifty. Did you watch the 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 Pipe Masters I last sure, year? Yeah, sure did. It was pretty sure amazing. Eh? What what was your? Yeah, I mean, well, it's, I think anyone winning at fifty, a, anyone what, over fifty would have been incredibly inspired. Yeah, by that performance, it was. Friggin' amazing! It was, wasn't it? Do you reckon he'll back it up? <laughs> well, if the waves are good, yep. if the waves are good and it's back door, I think okay, you, you can, wouldn't can you wouldn't count him out. No, hundred percent not. He's going to thread the tube like nobody else, isn't he? So, Mike, how did you sort of make the transition into the coaching side of things? Uh, I, I think sort of in a roundabout way, because of you know, so that sort of semi little disjointed past of mine, you know, one minute I'm being really professional and next minute I'm sort of running with the pack. And But I, th- I think I've always had a kind of a that sensible role where, I like, you know, I do like to sort of set a good example to others and sort of even without me knowing it, sort of doing mentoring roles to a degree. But it probably actually accidentally came about and I remember a, a moment with Bob Monkman who's a great – Surfer from the Yelling Up area, great surfer, surfer with a lot, a lot of competition experience, and uh, his daughter Lizzie was doing uh, a lot of competing. No, you got two daughters, Holly. No, Holly, sorry, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm getting Lizzie. I was like, exactly. wow, you got another daughter that rips. <laughs> no, Holly. Yeah, no, you're 100 right. Yeah. Thanks for correcting me there. Yeah, it was Holly, and she was going quite well at the state level at that point in time, you yep. know, and even at national level. And but he, she wouldn't listen to Bob. Yeah, because it said dad. Because it's a dad, you know, yeah. and, and he'd have all the best advice. Yeah, he's a guru. And he'd try and explain it to Holly and Holly just wouldn't listen. And Bob got kind of – so he came up to me out of frustration yeah, one right. day and he said, Mike, can you go and tell Holly to do this, this, this? <laughs> and I said, yeah, yeah, no worries. Yeah. I'll, I'll go and tell Holly that. And so that's what I did, went and told her exactly what Bob had told me to tell her. And yeah. she went out and smashed it. No way. Yeah, she <laughs> went and it. I hope she's listen. I hope she listens to this one day. I see uh, her around a bit. I thought, oh, geez, that's that's pretty good. That's pretty easy. Yeah. <laughs> and that was probably that's probably where it kind of actually triggered. And then through probably just through yeah, me kind of being a a bit of a mentor without realizing. And there wasn't a lot of coaching back then, anyway. Right? So it was more mates all getting together and talking about how their heat went and talking about. What the, what the conditions are like and what you could do if you're paddling out for your heat. You know, there was always that going on amongst your, your group of friends that you were competing with until obviously you were competing against them. But uh, I then, through, through that probably process, then Lindsay Thompson, who was sort of coaching and managing, and then Mark Lane, who's now the CEO of Surfing WA, he's been involved on, at that side of surfing for a long time as well. So they actually got me... To go to Tassie, I think it was. I think Taj Taj won the under sixteens that year. Oh yeah, he was under sixteen Australian champion. That was my first year as an, an official role as a coach, where I went away with the WA State Junior Team. 
Yeah, cool. So that's probably where it started from there. Oh, that's awesome. That's yeah. a great story. It is classic. But coach, okay, then on the coaching front, if we're going to stay with that, I'm assuming your history with the Margaret River Thriller slash Margaret River Masters slash Margaret River Pro, which it is these days, surely you've been accosted by WCT level surfers over the last ten plus years to uh, be in their corner for that comp. Is that has that happened, or uh, or have it, you been it, more it, involved in the organising and judging side of things? Yeah, much more with the organising. I mean, I moved down from. 92, 93, and I was running a steel fabrication job. I mean, I sort of got involved with a little bit of tourism and I liked the whole the tourism side of things so much better. I was still competing a little bit, but yep. I'd been going in the in the Margaret River Pro at the time, the odd, you know, through the trials and made the main event a couple of times. But then the comp would come to town and, and Lindsay was running the show and then Mark Lane started running that show and I, I wanted to be part of it. I wasn't competing in it anymore, so he got me a job just been a site worker so I'd uh, help put the whole infrastructure up with as, as a worker and then yep. pull, pull all the infrastructure down that was kind of like a three-week gig and I it was we had so much fun which is so much fun sort of been there setting it all up and watching all the surfing and and then from there I actually got uh, in in a position to to be the site manager so I was the actual person controlling the setup and the pull down of the, of the Margaret River event so that was a, a lot more a lot bigger more responsible role but again yeah. i enjoyed that but that was that was huge that was like 30 days straight by the time you got started till the time that the last star picket or last yeah. peg was yeah. pulled out especially now when you look at Big how the comps up, are set up well yeah. and it's, it's much bigger now than when yeah. i was doing it too but it was much more hands-on uh labor intensive when i was doing it too so yes yeah, so i went from that role and then i got the role of the con S director from that and so i've done that sort of like Mostly coordinating with the surfers' reps at the time and, and the, the contest organisers and sponsors and so forth of just when and where and how to run the event based on the, the conditions and, and the formats that lay in front of you. So that I did that for, for 10 years. But then when, w, when ASP went to WSL, they introduced the commissioner, which yep. was Kieran Perot. Mm. Yep. And so he then became the main guy. Okay. And then, but what they then had all these CT locations, they have a a surfers rep rep or a surfing director. Okay. It's, it's, it's a, the role changed, and it's actually a way better role, way less stressful, mm. <laughs> and you're more basically just an advisor. You're just giving them guidance and advice on, you know, what the conditions are doing and what you think would be best, and then they make the official final decision and they're in front of the media and yep. they're just sort of sitting back sort of supporting them oh, from okay. behind so the scenes. so not the contest director, the commi- commissioner. Who's the – is it? Her, Jessie Miley Jessie Dyler. Miley Dyler. So it all, you know, at the end – and she's, you know, she's liaising with the head judges. Yeah. You know, there's only two head judges and then Renato Hickel's involved because he's involved with yeah. just sitting underneath Jessie and then I sort of sit in with those crew and just – I study the weather really strongly in the weeks leading up to yeah. the Margaret River yeah. Pro and then, uh, yeah, just give them a bit of a heads up on how I think the 10 days is going to pan yeah. out and then we break it down day by day. So that's my main role now, which it's it's, it's really enjoyable and, and interesting but nowhere near as stressful. And then from that I've sort of helped a few crew leading into events. Uh, a couple, you know, Isabella Nichols, I've probably spent mm-hmm. quite a lot of time with her. She's... 
She's um, pretty amazing how – Took her, the win in 2022. Yeah, she had a win in 2022. Yeah. And, you know, she, she came over – could have been probably 2020 – yeah, maybe 2020. Yeah, 2020 because she went in in 2021. Yeah, so 2020, never been to Margs, never been to this area. Girl, girl from the Sunshine Coast doesn't know this area that well, so mm-hmm. you don't expect those sort of people to do that well. Yeah. And I just gave her, you know, a lot of a lot of knowledge over a lot of years, sort of put it in a package. And uh, but it was amazing how you know her her work ethic yeah. and her willingness to. To learn and apply, you know, we we rocked up the very first day to train, and Margie's was was huge. It was yeah. like fifteen, <laughs> huge. So when was we, this? We went to North Point a couple North years Point. ago. No, this was been twenty 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 twenty. Yeah, for a training yeah. program, the comp wasn't on. She came early. She wanted to learn the break before she got here, and uh, so yeah, it was long before the comp came along, and. We went to North Point. North Point was 10 to 12 foot, Fuck. 10 foot anyway, not 12 foot, but 8 to 10 foot, let's call it. It was big north. Yeah. And, you know, 50, 60 crew out. So she wasn't ready for that. So so we've gone up to Engine Up mm. and Engine Up was pumping. Mm. And we, uh, Claire, Claire Bevelac, we got her onto it. Uh, so we went and surfed really good Inji that day. Uh, so that was kind of her first surf in, in the southwest. And then the next day, Margie's had dropped to, you know, solid 8 foot with a couple of 10 footers. Yeah. She she came out. You could see she was absolutely packing herself. There was no yeah. yeah. She was oh, way out of geez. her comfort zone. Yeah, way don't out blame of her. Uh, but yeah, we we got lucky. We got a good forecast, and each yeah. day it dropped a couple of feet yeah. each day. So the yeah. next day was six foot. Next day was four foot, and and yeah, she really yeah she just really lent into it. She was just awesome. so, she's a really good person to to you know mentor or advise because yeah. it's one thing to give them people advice, but it's another thing to actually. Go out there and take it on and, and do it. Yeah. So yeah, it was definitely a pleasure working with her and a pleasure. Must seeing have been her satisfying win. seeing her seeing her have the win last year. Then if you yeah you really, know, that really time in. yeah really yeah. Sat, really satisfying yeah for her. amazing. And yeah, I've also done a, a bit with with Bronze Bronze McCall over the last couple of years, um, and she's had a couple of good results there. Uh, and she's yeah she's just such a naturally she's she's talented a legend, surfer. Yeah, uh, she probably doesn't sometimes appreciate how good she actually yeah. is. She but uh, yeah, so I've done a bit of bit of work with her as well. Just on bronze, she obviously opted not to roll the dice and go to Hawaii. Yeah, well, I think you've hit the nail on the head. There mm. it was a, it was a real roll the yeah. dice. Like a lot of a lot of things would have to fall in place. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, for her to get the result to then get back on tour. Yeah. So I feel like she's just using this time because she's guaranteed on the Challenger Series. Excellent, yeah. Uh, next next year or this yeah. year, sorry. Oh, she doesn't have to qualify for the Challenger no, Series? No, she's automatically on the Challenger Series. Okay. So, she, so she's got a clear path good. of what, where she needs to go for the for 2023. Yeah. And she, she's, I think she just felt like with what rolling the dice and what the chances and then what she yeah. had to do to back that up Yeah. Uh, compared to taking some time off. Yeah. Knowing what's coming up for 2023. Probably a good decision in mind. I, I, yeah. I could fully understand why she's yeah. chosen it. So she she going again? It's not over? No, it's not over. Not not in the slightest? No, I thought, oh, her. maybe there's, she's yep. got a boyfriend, could be a baby, you know. <laughs> like, you know well, no, they're, they're, fair th- they're fair thoughts and that, you know, some of those things cross my mind but, you know, I've had conversations <clears throat> with her and that. She's, yeah. It's definitely not over. 
Jeez. Awesome. Jeez. Come on, Bronte. Yeah, yeah, we love nothing more than supporting the West Aussies here at Barrel yeah. Surf Podcast. No oh, it, was great. it was great to see you get a good little result at the CT event in G-Land, you know. Like, it was it was encouraging to see just to give her that oh, uh, self-belief. It's just a bummer it wasn't six to eight foot. She was well, fucking oh, Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I've exactly. seen her doing her thing up north. I mean, we all have far out. Yeah. She is an absolute yep. jet. As you had a couple of questions there, mate. I've got plenty of fucking questions, oh, mate. I've got one, though. I've got okay, one before that. Because I'm, I'm, I'm interested to, to hear a little bit more about your, your competitive surfing. Now, I know you represented Australia. Um, I know uh, Mick gave us a, um, some information on, on that. Um, you captained the, the, the Australian team in Cornwall in 86, 87? Yep. So, yeah, so how did you actually captain of the Australian team? Well, I know. Like, with like, his fucking, we got Rick. We got Ricky Ponting in here in the set <laughs> quarters. I, I mean, that's that must have been an honour. I guess is an honor. I guess I want to know how did you actually qualify for the Australian team and uh, and how was that experience going over? Because I know it wasn't your, it wasn't your first uh, Australian outing. Have a sausage you, while he's asking this question. Have a sausage. But uh, <laughs> how was that, mate? I mean, that's celebration uh, of your captaincy. I mean, it's been such a big, um, big interest in the Iraganjis uh, yeah, from the Olympics. I'm thinking we've got the the captain, the king of the Iraganjis, oh. captain right here with us today. Great question, T Bone, courtesy of Mick Plowman. Great question. Yeah, oh. well, it was it was um, back in the in the eighties when I was you know doing a lot of competing. Uh, it was a, it was a big deal to you know win an Aussie title. Much bigger than it is these days. You know, cause oh, fuck, I don't know if you if I won an Aussie title right now, jeez. Never hear the end of it. It'd be a pretty big deal. I think winning an Aussie title surely is still a big deal, isn't it? Well, it's still a big be. deal, but pro surfing, you know, from a media mm. point of view, has really stolen the limelight and yeah. taken the limelight, which yeah. is completely understandable. But back then it was nowhere near as big as it is now. So national titles probably back then were a bigger deal than they are today. Not so it's not taking away from they're not still a big deal today. I hundred percent agree. And at junior yeah. at junior level, it's very, very prestigious because it directly Put you into the Australian team that then takes you to the ISA mm. Worlds. Uh, so that's kind of how it was when I was competing. You'd compete at state level, make the state team. You go to the nationals. You do good at nationals, mm. and you make the top five or six, and you make the national team. And then you go to the the worlds, which could be England, America, yeah. West Indies, Europe, or whatever. So yeah, so I got to do that about I think five times. I went away with. Australian team. There have been some good times and some good experiences had during those times, though. Yeah, really good. Yeah, some, some really, really good memories. Did we ever get to the bottom of any West Indies stories? Was there any? I can't remember. Is that my memory? No, that was on the way to Hawaii. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. We ended up in Hawaii. But, I mean, West Indies, mate. What, Barbados. What the fuck? Did you get good waves there or? Not really. No? No. Because you were Windy, Bowl. Windy as Bowl. So you actually went to Soup Bowls back in the day. That's where the comp was. At no Soup way. Bowls. Yeah. Wow. I didn't even know it was on the radar back then. Crazy. Well, um, what's uh, Connor Coffin's brother um, just lost, almost lost his eye there a few weeks back? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah seen that. Massive injury. Mm. No, uh, I've right. just yeah. got a couple of comments here I just want to bring up quickly. Um Aussie GTS, which is Garthy, has said, can you please take the covers off the Sandman? Oh, okay. He did a live thing, did you? 
Oh, yeah. No, Sorry, just, just some questions. And okay. uh, Tony Farris says the best from the West, right there. So uh, Tony Farris, another frothing goofy, goofy, goofy footer. Frothing goofy. Isn't he's he, he's going to come on. He's actually, good. he's really keen to come on the podcast. Yeah. Uh, we're keen to have him on. Yep. And Tony will be coming in the shed quarters. Well, Tony's come fit. on the goofies. When Tony's fit, he's a bloody good surfer. He's yeah, a good he's surfer a great when he's surfer. not fit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but bloody good when he is fit. Yeah. <laughs> but just going back to the, my original question, oh, yeah, sorry, cap- captain. captain of the Australian team in Cornwall, was that, is that right? Is yeah, it? yeah. So I actually I, I got I was, I was captain when we went to Barbados too. Fucking so hell. I, got, Skipper. I got the job twice. Wow. Uh, but yeah, for the one at Cornwall was probably a, a, definitely a really – memorable experience because when you are captain you get to lead they have these marches where all the teams march down the main streets of whatever town where they're having it so you know carrying the aussie flag and oh, walking wow, down the cobble, flag bearer. cobblestone roads of yeah. of cornwall was definitely really wow. good good memory that's a fantastic was it, was it memory new key yeah really new key Ty and i both spent a bit of time in the yeah, and cobblestone streets of New Key. Did we, you, how, how did you lead the team in Cornwall there? Obviously, who was in the team? That's fine. Okay. Right. Well, Mark Sainsbury was in it. Sainsbury. Ross, Sainsbury. Was there. Ross, Ross Clark Jones. Was oh, in it. Jesus. I was, I was, Rest, I was, camp, I was camp with them. Is there anything that didn't may get or may led not down the garden that path trip? that uh, trip? Sanger, did you? Sanger won the world title that year with his famous floaters, and he had a busted up knee. Fuck wow. Fully, his knee was like fully swollen and fluid everywhere. Yeah. So he just kept landing these big backhand floaters or newfangled floaters. Yeah. But that, that was like the he was the master of floaters. Yeah, yeah the the he, well, he created it pretty so, much. Yeah. He was the guy. Yeah, so he won a world title doing floaters. And Is there anything that may or may not have happened under well, your God? Well, I was, I was the captain Jay. and I, I felt like I did a pretty good job because by that point in my life I'd stepped away from the, uh, from the chicken herbs. Yep. Um, and I was run, <laughs> running pretty clean at yep. that time, which I was pretty proud of. Yep. And I was staying with Ross Clark Jones and Mark Sainsbury, who, <laughs> who <laughs> if anyone knows them, they love to roast chicken. <laughs> they're pretty. Was they love they love their roast chicken. Ross Clark Jones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so was there uh, anything that that you saw trip. other teams doing there that were uh, anything of uh, interest on on those trips? I say not really. I mean, I suppose for me, because by that time, you know, I was trying to give things my best shot. So you kind of get focused on what you're doing. Yeah. And particularly if you're living a bit of a clean sort of professional life, you kind of go to the beach and compete and come home and, and rest and have yeah. your dinner and go to bed and get up and, and do it all again. So yeah. if I was sort of in that in that mode at that time. So yeah. I don't – I sort of stayed away from a lot of that. I'm sure that stuff was going on. I'm yeah, sure. I'm sure there was a fair amount of interest from the uh, English uh, – Girls was no never comment. one of my strengths. Really. <laughs> <laughs> and, and at, at times, it wasn't from lack of trying. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'd, we'd go to the pubs with good intentions and drink too too many beers with the boys. And <laughs> yeah, sounds like my entire youth. <laughs> what about Barbados as captain? You know, you're not the tallest human. Uh, did you find any? You know, six foot four. Uh, West Indian ladies taking a shining to a five foot seven blonde haired young Australian man. No, no, we didn't. No, we didn't. We had a, a couple of uh, West Indies girls who were employed to sort of look after our our rooms and because it's very isolated, pretty primitive. So you know, it wasn't like you could just go down and buy food and yep. So they were, they were, they were and they were awesome. They really looked after us. We actually and we're a, it's pretty rural country like area where. 
where Soup Bowls is, and uh, we had a Aussie team had a game of cricket with some West Indie boys. That, that was one of on my next questions. Very very dodgy Indian pitch. Yeah, right. And it's definitely the scariest bowling I've ever faced. Was my, that in, in the life. era of Joel Garner and that the West era. Indies? Was yeah. it? Because mate, yeah. I just remember watching that era of one day internationals. The West Indies were an absolute powerhouse of cricket. They were oh, scary, formidable, unbelievable. unbelievable. It was bowlers and batters. Too. Yeah, bowlers and batters. By you just, Lloyd, Viv Richards. Yeah, man. Oh, it, it was, was yeah, it was built into their DNA. I mean, these these West Indy guys were just guys from the local street who just happened to hook, meet up with us and we talked cricket. And next thing you know, we organised a cricket game. And next thing you know, they'll bowl these things at us that would. They weren't cricketers. They were just, just West Indies, units. probably fishermen. Probably. Kids, kids hanging out. But, uh, <laughs> and, yeah, that was it was such a beautiful place and very, very relaxed lifestyle vibe there. Yes. Uh, beautiful, absolutely beautiful. But the waves were pretty ordinary, to be okay. honest with you. Yeah. The waves were pretty ordinary. Yeah, and we, very seasonal. We had, a, we had a pretty funny story where, because as I say, you had to go into town to get all your food and we'd these girls had gone and they'd stocked up and we had so much food. We had eggs galore, dozens and dozens of eggs. And then right, the American team rocks up. And Kelly was in that team. Kelly Slater was in that team and his brother, Sean. And I don't know how it started, but you know, we end up having this food fight. Food fight started out. Right. And, and I think they started it, but what they didn't realise, we had just been stocked up. With <laughs> eggs. We, we had so much ammo. <laughs> and it was it was only a matter of time and, you know, we got the upper hand on them and we, was, we basically – they. Had them, we had them pinned into their unit. Yeah. And I think we went into their unit and we're still egging them. Really? And yeah, pretty much. So you're pretty much ruined their, pretty much ruined their unit. And they, and, and Kelly took it really well. I think Kelly was hiding under a bed and Sean was hiding in the cupboard. And, so um, are you pretty much saying here on Barrel Surf podcast that you've thrown eggs at Kelly Slater? <laughs> I couldn't say because say it was the American team. I can't say if I targeted him directly, but he was, <laughs> he, was he was in the group. That's a claim to fame. I mean, imagine was this in, in Barbados? Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, anyway. imagine in this day and age, like imagine like anywhere in the last three years, going, "Oh, look, I was just at this house the other night, and I pretty much was throwing eggs at Kelly Slater, like nailing him with eggs. <laughs> He'd be doing well to to pull that scenario off oh. these days, wouldn't you? I think Sean, his brother, copped it worse. Did he? Uh, and he was, he was annoyed. He was really pissed. Wasn't happy. Which is fair enough too when you think about it in hindsight. <laughs> and he, uh, he dobbed us in to the managers and. Did he? Yeah. And so. He, and you was the, got, you was the captain. And I was the captain. Yeah. And you so, were throwing eggs. So yeah, you were leading. Right, I got caught up in it. I was right in the thick of it. Yeah. Good. <laughs> good. The adrenaline, the adrenaline excitement takes over <laughs> in, in the heat of battle. <laughs> and yeah, and the yeah, the management out. Uh, management made us go in there, and we were on our hands out knees, scrubbing, yeah, mopping. Oh, oh really? Oh, no. Cleaning up the American. So those room. big oh, uh, oh, West Indian cleaner ladies walked nah. in and said, "Hey, you fucking clean this yeah. up." And you're like, yeah, "Yes, yes, exactly ma'am." Right. The boys cleaned it up. <laughs> That's classic. Yeah, yeah. Now, it's, uh, there was a uh, getting crazy. Now, was there a, a contest in the Pacific Pacific Cup? That was it. Oh, that, are you t- that, oh, that was the that, Barbados. That, oh, that was, was the, the Pacific, Pacific Cup. Cup. Gotcha. Yep. Gotcha. Yeah. Yep. So that was mostly countries that are in the Pacific Rim. Ah, I see. Yep, 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 yep. Some reason I was picturing Fiji, Tahiti or. Yep. No, it was in, it was in which I think is, is 
Is thought Barbados that was more Atlantic. Even, is Barbados Atlantic. even in the Pacific? I, th- I, I thought it was Atlantic. I think it's myself. in the Atlantic. Yeah, I think yeah, it is. Yeah, but yeah. it was called the Pacific. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> gotcha now. <laughs> so that's a, yeah, that's a good pickup. <laughs> no, no, no one had Google Earth back then, mate. It was harder to, harder to check these things. <laughs> One ocean. Mate, yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Uh, funny stories. Mickey Plough tipped us off on a funny story that uh, dialing it all the way back to the Indian Ocean, um, something about camping out at the bluff one time. and. Uh, oh, yeah. No, I was just telling him about it, mate, because you know, bluff, there's so many funny stories up there with camping, and this mate, he's not amazing camper. He's a, He likes the, you know, the, the, the finer things in life and nice accommodation, but, you know, he took his – Wife and his pet dog up to bluff camping and <laughs> set all the camp up for her and got the fire going and they, they went down onto the beach to watch the sunset and somehow their fire got out of control and started to burn their camp down and I just remember <laughs> seeing all this black smoke bellowing and didn't pay much attention at the time. Where were, where were you in the oh, lineup? Ca- or? Oh, no, no, I was camped, you know, 500 metres to, oh, the, to the north down. of where they saw, but I saw the black smoke bellowing and at any rate, yeah, the camp got burned. So it caused a... A lot of, you know, if you're trying to entice your partner into enjoying camping at the bluff. Up north, you, you, yeah. Those first impressions are pretty important. Yeah, like, yeah, we'll come back next year. Yeah, and, yeah. If you get it wrong the first time, it could be all over. Yeah. And it seems like he might have got it wrong. So <laughs> he uh, tried to ma- make up for it the next day, took her into into Martin to Carnarvon, you know, to either get some more camping gear that burned. <laughs> so yeah, that would have impressed her, eh? Carnarvon. <laughs> and then uh, anyway, they got this little this little lap dog with them, and they book a cabin in this caravan park that no dogs are allowed. Uh, but they sneak the dog in anyway, and it's, and it's one of those little yappers, and oh, and, and the thing wouldn't shut up. And he's, <laughs> it's, that's that, you know, eight o'clock at night, everything's going quiet. And yeah, the dog's yapping, and the guy starts smacking his. Dog to get it to <laughs> shut up, shut the, shut the, and the dog's got pissed off and gone him. Oh, really? Yeah, <laughs> crack and got him and got his finger and ripped into his finger. No uh, way. Yeah, and so he's ended up, he's ended up having to go to hospital <laughs> and get his, um, <laughs> get his finger stitched up. So it's, uh, <laughs> it's amazing when things go wrong. You know, they yeah, just snowball. snowballing going wrong. So he didn't Tiffany make it back, back next year. Next year. <laughs> so, I don't. I, haven't seen them, I have not seen them back. Yeah, I was about I to say he turned back. up next year just by himself with a swag and uh, <laughs> yeah, no family. Oh, that's a good one. Our trips to Bali, I think. Yeah, just, uh, <laughs> reasonable like, accommodation. He doesn't like staying in the middle of a scorching hot wind blowing sand pit for no good reason. <laughs> it, <laughs> it's like, kind of yeah. It's, it's a little bit like down here to a degree in the sense that some crew that have been living down here or going up north for a long time and. They've seen the crowds come and they start to get a little bit bit bitter or a bit cynical about the place is getting destroyed. Mm, yeah. It's not like it used to be. And, you know, it's never going to be. And, and rah, rah, rah. And, and, and that's to a degree you can say that's true. But when you, you know, we go there and we camp in different random spots because you can't book up there. You just get to take your potluck and hopefully you get a good spot. And sometimes you score and sometimes you end up with camp next to Longboard Lou. Who knows? Who knows? Who you're going to but uh, but yeah, Shout for every- Longboard Lou, we do love him. <laughs> but for everybody who you know is getting a bit disenchanted with it, you, yeah. you camp next to these people who have come up there for the first time, yeah, and they're just in Buzzing. awe of the place, yeah, yeah, they're just right. in to- total awe of the place, yeah. And it's a bit like down here, you know, like some friends I know have been living here for thirty years and they've decided they don't like it and they pack up and move on. But for every one of them, 
there's 10 others that come here for the first time and go, yeah. how good is this joint? Because mm. mm. it is good. Because it is good. And it it's is. the same thing. And up there north. is good. You and just got to deal with progress. It's just is yeah. what it yeah, is. Yeah, exactly. Fuck. exactly. It's not going to go – it's never going to go back progress. the other way. And you're the prime example. I mean, you fucking had Nalu when it was this mystical place. You didn't even know. know what the fuck and it was Desert called. Desert Point you didn't even know how to, oh, I can't yeah. believe you mentioned Desert That's before. right, you know, yeah. And, and yeah, but what are you going to do? You can't you can't get that again, so you just got to enjoy yeah. it for what it is now. And I, I, I certainly get frustrated by the crowds and I get frustrated by some people's behaviour up there. You know, some people think that it's lawless country and they do sort of smash the environment, you know, without – Really knowing what they're doing, perhaps, yeah. but yeah, you know, for as I say, most people you meet other people who are just so in awe of the place, and that's really mm. inspiring to see people who have fresh eyes and fresh attitudes, and and yeah, I still still enjoy going up there, but the, yeah, the crowds definitely can be definitely. frustrating, no doubt about it. Mm. So yeah, just message out there uh, to everyone who is traveling from anywhere to anywhere else. Just respect the locals, the environment, and uh, just be patient. Take your turn. Exactly. Say hello and have a smile on your face and you should be right. But if you're not going to do that, then maybe don't come mm. or don't go. You boys got any burning questions? Oh, I wouldn't say. Oh, I've got, got plenty of questions for Mike. But uh, yeah. I was just thinking, um, you well, know. you got one for me. No, I haven't, I see. <laughs> <laughs> it's not your podcast today. Sorry, mate. Uh, is it? Why, why you say look good looking out here? <laughs> <laughs> Years of sun. Red looks good on him, eh? <laughs> He's got his Galvin shed on there. It looks good. So, Stomper, um, I guess the, the Margaret River Pro is going to run this year. Um, you know, after after the, the Small Fries event winds up, have you got many commitments leading up to the Margs CT event uh, in between that or is, is the next sort of big commitment is the well, CT? Well, my, my working career has been so diverse uh, since I've moved down here particularly and then I paid my, paid my mortgage off. I've just gone and done – all sorts of work that I enjoy yep. doing, which is, again, that's really enabled me to do a lot more of the coaching because the coaching doesn't pay great. Yeah. Um, you're doing it more for, you know, for me at any rate, different maybe if you're on the tour and travelling, but then that that would be hard yards and still probably hard to make good good money. But Jake Paddo probably the best person to talk to about mm. that. So I'm definitely not doing that for the money, mm. but I am, am in a fortunate position where I – I haven't got debt and I can do what I love to do. Yeah, yeah. So I've been in the in and out of the building game a lot over the years. Mm-hmm. I actually did a mature age apprenticeship as a painter, oh. of all things, right at the time when I actually paddled a, I paddled a surfboard across Rotto on the Rotto swim. Mm-hmm. And oh, yeah. it was a four-man team that was Mark Lane, Dave Macker, uh, Alan Pavlinovich and Jake Paddo. And they got me to paddle, and I'd never even known about this Rotto swim race, and I was certainly no swimmer. And uh, Macker organised this twelve-foot mal for me to paddle, and they have a little lure off the back of the mal, and they swim and follow the lure, and I get them across the channel. <laughs> and so I, I rock totally. up, I rock up there at you know it's five in the morning, and I've just never seen anything like it. The flotilla of boats in at the beach at Cottesloe is just incredible, and just the people and the craft and. And then anyway, so Lane, he's a great swimmer, Mark Lane, amazing swimmer. Uh, he he sends off first and somehow in the chaos I find him swimming and he links up with me and then find uh, Alan Pavlinovich with the boat and off we go. And I end up getting freaking seasick from the fumes. The mm. fumes from all the diesel boats got me really two-stroke, yeah. But uh, so I got off the boat, off the board for a while and the boys were kind of freelancing and then uh, I came good and I took some – 
tablets and Paddo was knocking back Red Bulls like they were going out of fashion. <laughs> I, think, I think I had one or two of his Red Bulls and got my second wind and got back on there and the boys ended up having this win. They beat this rival team and they were frothing and we had the most amazing celebration and I remember freaking Pav splashing these very rich people with, with his boat. He lifted the tail of the <laughs> outboard up and then dropped it down and just <laughs> saturated them and then we got the boat to back to Frio and we put it on the back of the car on the trailer and then we all climbed in the boat and I think we drunk beers down still in highway <laughs> in the back of the boat <laughs> 11 o'clock at night or something <laughs> but anyway I woke up in the morning and my left shoulder was sore yeah and it's never been the same oh really and uh, and then I went and took on a painting apprenticeship yeah. which yeah, I don't okay. know what I was thinking nah. uh, so I've kind of got pretty bad I've got pretty bad yeah arthritis in my left shoulder particularly because I'm strong left handed uh, so I've given up the painting and I'm just doing tourism type stuff. Yeah. I do a lot of guiding with Gene Cape Hardy. to Cape Explorer yeah. Tours. Yeah, nice. yeah. So I guide the – I do actually guide the yelling up to Moses Rock section okay. the most. Yeah. But I've guided the, the whole section from yeah. Cape Naturalist to And you do the Bibbulmun track a bit too. And yeah, and we yeah, also do the Bibbulmun track as well, oh. just the southern section around the Warpole, Denmark yeah. area. How long does it yeah. take from yelling up to Moses? Uh so like it's about it's, it's it? around about nineteen k's that day. Oh, okay, nineteen k's doesn't nineteen seem too k's. bad, but I'm so, sure yeah. it's so a depends hike. on on the speed you you've yeah. got. You know, and obviously a warm day, you probably go slower. On a cold day, you go quicker, yeah. and then depend on on the group and walk through bears. And you think fuck, we'll show me bored. Eh? But yeah, it's, <laughs> it's a seven day walk from one end to the other for most yeah. people. Yeah. Some yeah. people do it guided, some do it self guided. Yeah. So I do a fair bit of that. I do yeah. a fair bit of guiding. It's busy. Working. It's busy on the Cape to Cape track now, it's, man. It's, every time you surf and every surf you see team, yeah, teams yeah. of what of sort walkers. of people do you get on those those tracks right from different different well, he's doing parts high of the world? End. Yeah, well, it's a, quite a renowned track. It's, mm. it's, you know, people from WA and people that live here. It's been one of those things you don't sometimes don't realize what you got in your own backyard. Mm. But over east, like Melbourne, Sydney, Brisbane, that's where most of the the people come from. Um, it's really highly regarded walk. And it's and it's a challenging walk, oh. and yeah, you know, we're meeting people who do lots of walks. You know, we're mm. we're meeting walkers, and it's a, another whole world out there compared yeah. to surfing. But mm. it's a yeah. it's a pretty amazing world, mm. and and walking's pretty. They're, they're coming here like, like we look for surf spots. They're coming correct. here, correct? Looking at that track yeah. is mm-hmm. like, oh, th- I've heard about this really good surf yeah, it's spot a bucket list item slash yeah, yeah bucket list item. Because I'm real good mates with Hamish, obviously Gibbo. And so uh, he tells me that he's working with you all the time yeah, and yeah. all the rest of it. And Gene Hardy is the owner of that correct Cape to Cape business. So, mm. mate, yeah, he, think about the people that you've got. Willow guide, and these Olive's guys, dad. Uh, what's that? Willow and Olive's dad. Yeah, that's obviously. right, mate. Think about the people you got guiding you on this trip. All these walkers have no idea, mate. You got Hamish Gibson, Stomper, Gene Hardy, just like. Absolute legends of West Aussie <laughs> surfing that are just walking along. And they're looking out. Oh, look at the big waves! And they got no idea that the guys <laughs> like walking in front of them are just like the absolute um, conquistadors of these waves. The you conquistadors. Know? Is that a word? It is. Excellent. I like it. Yes. Good word. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I have words that pop in that I'm not yeah. sure if they're actual yeah. words. But yeah. Yeah. How, how often do you do walks? So it's. As I say, it fits in really good with my lifestyle mm. and I'm I'm fully about lifestyle these days. So my wife and I tend to take somewhere between two and three months off. We go north every year. We go nice. caravan and go bluff. She doesn't have a yapping dog area. with a tent on <laughs> we fire? We did have a little – we've had a little yapping dog. <laughs> and she, she – little Cooper, she lived to 17 and 
Yeah, right. Bless her soul. She passed away last year, but oh. uh, so we haven't got a yapping dog. Well, okay. well, we might it? take a bigger trip now that our little dog's uh, dropped away. What, what type of dog He's was got it? A yapping it was a little Jack dog. Russell. Oh, okay. No, Jack Russell. What have you got, too, mate? Little caboodle. Little angel. Little handbag dog. Yeah. Yeah, so we go, yeah, we go north for two to three months every year. Oh, nice. And then the, the, the walking seasons are spring and autumn. Yeah. And then summer I tend to do sort of the coaching role and then fit in with a, and a few other events with Surfing yeah. WA, yeah, nice. get the odd trip over east, the yeah. odd trip overseas with, with the coaching gigs. That's good. So Mate, that's really good. I've got a bit of a question that popped up uh, when you are talking about that um, Rotto swim and that. A certain wave on that island, I mean, Perth surfers, that is some sort of uh, relief for them having that island over there. I never utilised it much because I was more of a car guy than a boat guy. But there's a certain left-hander over there that gets really big and I've had a small sample of it and it scared the fucking bejesus out of me. And I'm sure you know which one I'm bark, talking bark, about. Bark Day. Bark Day. And... Have you have you had a crack at that at size? Have you? I mean, it's a fucking really full on wave, and I was just surprised after surfing it, which was not that long ago, as to how I haven't seen more of it over the years, either in Secret. videos or whatever. Because it, I mean, I don't think crowds are an issue. I, every time I went there, it wasn't that long ago. It was fucking no one ever there. It's yeah, huge. Last time I surfed there was just us. Yeah, it's huge. It's way out to sea. It's long full paddle. of fucking Noahs. It's really heavy. Have you done much time out there? Have you had any good sessions out there? I've had a couple, but it, it fits in with probably the stories I've talked about before about I've gone there and got real lucky. Yeah. Had it probably, I assume, close to as good as it gets and, yeah. and never really hunted it again. Yeah, right. Uh, and that was, again, some crew put me onto it and lucked me into it. That was uh, Rick Chan was doing a oh, lot that's of surf famous photography. photographer. He was yeah. doing a lot of surf photography, so he... He would drag different surfers to different little surfing Have you got photos of that session by any chance? Oh, I haven't personally, but they're in an old West Coast surfer magazine. Rick oh, Chan's yeah. back in WA, right? So, Is he? Yeah, I believe so. We need to get that guy yeah, in here. Yeah, someone said to me, he um, would be good. Rick is back, so let's get him Rick on. Rick would be well, good. Jim King through He's surfing a good storyteller. Yeah. He's a, he's really? A, yeah, always, wow. He's a, he's a character. Well, and he's got a lot of history. Because he's like a Asian heritage New Zealand Correct. dude who yep. was hanging around WA in the with 70s. With an Aussie accent. Yeah, right. I can't remember who said that. Someone missed me a few okay. days ago saying Rick Chan's around. So. Wow, I'd love to. Because, I, I mean, I was just fascinated with that wave as to – you know, Perth is this wave-starved capital city in Australia, yet there's this terrifyingly huge gaping bomby tube yeah, out there. I think thing, it, I think it's incredibly fickle. Is it? I think it's incredible. Yeah. It, it make it make. I went there two like, years in a row. Make somewhere like North Point look reliable and consistent. Really? Yeah. Is it well, because of swell like direction? Do you think? I reckon swell direction yeah. would be huge. There'd yeah. be so many factors. Going to be the, the tide because it is a pretty heavy wave. It is pretty slabby, so mm, the tide would yeah. have to be right. You got to get the right wind and yeah. then the swell would be critical. How mm. the angle and the size yeah. and its ability to wrap in. You can look at it from the headland too and think, yeah, it's good. And then by the time you get out there, because it's such a long paddle. It's that side of the island. I always thought, mm, how does that place yeah, I think, break? Um, I, think it's, I think it's a bit in a row and paddled out by myself both mm. years and it was fucking pumping and yeah. God, I just got the shit smacked out of me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got you, one good with one. With you, mate. You got yeah, a good yeah. story of that too. That's yeah, it was a good one. It was a good one. Yeah. You know what I do want to ask you? I know Adzi might have All right, a, so I will say we're going to wrap up shortly because right. Mike's got a big day judging the – One last. How are you, how one you last. faring over there? I'm fine, yeah. One last. Another half an hour in you? Yeah, if, yeah, yeah. If yeah, it no had worries. to have, yeah. have to be a half an hour? 
I've got one though, I know as yeah, he, as he likes no, to ask this question. Yes. I know you talked about your first tube on your knees going backhand at a trick. What's your best tube you've ever oh, yeah. had? Good question, T Bone. Thanks, Adzi. Yeah. Put that one out here. <laughs> anything really sticks out. Oh, did he say on your backhand? No, no. Talking oh. about uh, Stomper's first. Oh, it was tube. on his backhand. Yeah. It was best, on his backhand, best, even though it was on his Surely his knees. best tube's on best his forehand. Tube, best well, you never know. You never yeah, know. You never know. Best tube ever. Best tube ever. Yeah, it's that's a that's a tough one. Hopefully, hopefully it's still to come. Yeah, oh, nice answer. <laughs> no one's given us that one. Okay. Yet, have okay. they? Okay, your you last best tube there. Uh, <laughs> no, there has <laughs> most recent best. Most tube. recent. Best Pro- tube. Uh, probably it's it's. I think it's probably where I felt like because I think tube riding is probably because I'm not that necessarily that good at maneuvers and particularly as i've got older i just like going straight so that's a great thing about tube riding you can do it later in life because just other than getting smashed obviously you get smashed you pay your dues but if you make it um yeah it's not that physically exertive you know doing doing maneuvers is a lot more physically demanding on the body uh pretty big if there by the way yeah (laughs) yes (laughs) it is that's probably where i you know i really i sort of Think about Bethany Hamilton and how she catches waves and mm, what she does and how, she, how she positions herself and the waves she chooses. She must be so dialed in on finer things and waves mm. that the average person's not. And mm. So mm. I, I sort of look at waves now and if I'm not a 70% chance of making, I probably don't go, Yep. Uh, which I help, hopefully helps preserve, you know, preserve the body for, for a bit of longevity of yep. still getting that odd day and getting that odd tube. Mm-hmm. Yep. But I'd say probably where it really all came together for me was a trip to Mundaka. Mm. Oh, I spent, fuck I, yeah. I, I wasn't expecting that one. Yeah. I, all right, we'll have a – you've I got a sausage in your hand. Really. <laughs> we'll give you three seconds here to eat that fucking thing. <laughs> so <laughs> we, we – funnily enough, we have had a, a, a Mundaka story as the best tube. We, are, we a have. Little, a little we while have. ago. Yeah, Vaughn. Shout out Vaughn Dresselts. You know uh, Vaughn surfboards? Mm-hmm. Vaughn his boards, his yeah. best tube ever was a Mundaka story. Where dropping he, um, in on Tommy Curran. Yeah, dropped in on Tom Curran. So that was <laughs> <laughs> Buddy, but Tom Curran was too deep. No way he was gonna make it. Yeah, that was Tommy Curran. Did you fade anyone at Mundaka <laughs> for your best tube or was it clean? <laughs> well, again, I got lucky. I got there before the Spaniacs. Oh, of course you were, did. You got there before everyone. Spaniacs, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Why have I not known that one before? Yeah, it's a good one. Oh yeah, they're crazy. And oh, yeah, the they're one the, the odd one that was surfing when we were in Mundaka. Was not very good, and they would their lip launchings and their wipeouts were were five star. Mm. They, they, they would they would go. They were not scared, uh-huh. yeah. but they just did not have the skill. Whereas really? now I've heard it's just Mundaka's a nightmare. Yeah, they're good. Yeah, they're good, and yeah. there's lots of them. Yeah, and they yeah. don't even want exactly. They don't even want the neighbour coming from the next town. Turning uh-huh. up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I've heard it. So I'm glad I got there when I did. There was mm. you know Bruce Smith, West Aussie. He was uh, he still. Chasing mystical left-handers and mystical women, but um, he got he got me on it. Who the fuck is he? Bruce Smith <laughs> sounds like an after. He was running. He was running Odyssey surfboards. Oh, Great right. shaper. Odyssey surf shortboards were in Leadville, and they moved to Medams at the old butcher's shop. They yes. set up a yeah on the, on the highway. Set up, yeah, on the highway. They yeah. set up Odyssey surfboards. Oh yeah. And I used to walk in there, and Bruce Smith had this photo of Mundaka up on the wall, and I just got captivated by that photo. Yeah, right. And so, you know, pretty much 12 months later, I booked myself a ticket, went on my own, went traveling. Quicksilver set me up. They got me to France. I spent a bit of time in 
Hosegore and Bay Ritz and then made my way to Mundaka and pretty much spent three months in Mundaka. Whoa. The power three of months. one photograph, yeah. man. How cool is that? Mm. And seems to the couple of guys that live there, this guy Craig, he might even still be there at that time, you know, because they used to actually build ships right up the river and they'd build a ship and on the highest tide of the year, every year they'd bring the ships down the river and launch them out through the mouth of the Mundaka right. River on the really high tide. And uh, that would sometimes apparently affect the banks or something oh. like that. But the year we were there, apparently the sand was really, really good. So we got got lucky with the, with the sandbanks. Of course it was. The, uh, the sandbanks <laughs> do need to be good. They can yeah. be fickle. They can yeah. be amazing. Yeah, right. But this guy Craig reckons we really lucked in that year with the sandbanks. And it was all through autumn. It was pretty much from yeah. September through to nearly December I spent there. Just dropped in, just got pitted. For... Oh, it's just such a good wave. Yeah. Just really, really round barrels, super long barrels. Mm-hmm. But really makeable, and you know you could a bit like you know Nalu. They're they're definitely a lot more difficult. Mm. Nalu barrels are a lot more technical. Once you pick a good wave and you set a good line at Mundaka, it's it's not much round, changing. It's round and it's perfect. Because I've seen you get some fucking incredible barrels at Nalu, like big, big barrel, like ten foot ledged out spitters. That you come out of and then fucking wash off and go back in and, but I guess and I'm sure some of those barrels are, are up there with some of your finest. You've had so many, but I guess what you're portraying is that no matter how big and gnarly that barrel is at Nalu, it's a finite resource in that that first ledge, and you come out and you got the second ledge, but maybe Mundaka, you're just staying in the whole time. Is yeah. that sort of what probably, you're putting yeah, down? Yeah, that's probably not a bad. Bad comparison, bad description. I mean, I, I think Nalu overall is a, it's a heavier wave. Oh, way heavier. You know, yeah. Even though you can't underestimate sand, but sand is flat. You know, and yeah. That's the nature of what makes it so perfect. You get the sand yeah. shape right and then it's like Kira, it's just yeah. waves are it's more even. predictable. Yeah. Whereas Nalu, one an hour of the tide's right, the next hour of the tide's sketchy and the second wave and the set can do this and the first wave can do that. And yeah. So it's way more unpredictable so therefore i think it's more technically yeah skillful required maybe a bit of luck as well i mean you do get the odd perfect wave at nalu but so many of them there's so much navigation and yeah things you got to do to little subtle things you got to do to yeah. make it successful mm. so was there one way yeah nalu would definitely come in it probably equal to mundaka mm. or, or was there was there one wave particularly at mundaka or did you just get a whole Swag full that just were like just 10 seconds. Yeah, it was just an amazing trip, amazing season, yep. amazing sessions. Um, there's, I'm sure there were sessions within the sessions. It was actually one time, <laughs> I think the longest surf I ever had in my life, was oh, yeah. seven hours. Yeah. Oh, wow. And you had to surf the tides because it's oh, yeah. so tidal. Mm, yep. And it's generally a low tide break. High tide, it could be six foot and it's just not breaking. Really? And then at low tide, it's, so true, it's top yeah. to bottom yeah. barreling. And I was staying with these uh, guys from. Uh, where were they from Wollongong? And we were all staying together, about six of us, five of us. And we had to take turns cooking dinner. And it was my turn that day. But the, <laughs> surf, the surf was so good. Oh. I just couldn't come in. No. Boys, boys and I, and I get I get in take and I'm just completely surfed out. Eyes are red, nose is dripping. Yeah. And the boys are all sitting around the kitchen table. 
with their you, yeah, you, with their forks. I can see you've got your the fists table. there, like they were holding the knives and forks, banging. Where's, <laughs> where's dinner? <laughs> so I had to. I knocked up potato cakes. It, I think. And you're just like, mate. I just had a barrel feast. <laughs> yeah, but but last year, of all funny funny thing of all places, a really memorable barrel was not so much. It was an amazing barrel, although it was a good barrel, but was at that left next to June's really? one morning. No, it was no just way. an early morning and it wasn't so much the tube. It was the colours within the tube that morning. Wow. Like oh. it was pretty, it was like it's probably as good as that left gets. It was probably, you know, five foot, you know, sort of garage. The one south line. of June's? Yeah, just next yeah. to June's, yeah. one that peels yeah. into the right. Because, I mean, they're sort of notoriously soft waves generally. Oh, I mean, yeah, that, it's, it's soft. Yeah, yeah and it's yeah, not – it's yeah, a, Comparatively to yeah, Nalu or But, but if, it can, if it can but get sort of like four to five foot, it can actually start to barrel. Yeah. If, again, you get the right wave on the right tide yeah, with the yeah. right wind. Yeah. So the planets have got to line up. And they did. And it was a, it was early morning. I got out early to try and beat the chaos of the crowds. Yeah. Uh, the backpackers were all still hungover, weren't they? Yeah. Because it's fucking brutal for backpackers. Yeah, they will steal your tacos, those guys, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Even uh, your bearded tacos. And, <laughs> and then, anyway, the sun was just about to come up, but there was all this cloud. It was just like the most incredible sunrise. Yeah, like right. Just amazing colours, you know, the purples and the oranges and the pinks and the reds. And somehow it must have been just the perfect time that as I pulled into the barrel, all the light just reflected into the barrel and really? into the wave. Sick. And the whole wave was, so you could have been on mushrooms, like yeah. the colours within the could wave. Could have been or? You could have been. Could have been. <laughs> the colours were incredible. Once never... again, backpackers. <laughs> yeah, mate. Yeah, it's just all these amazing colours in the, in the wave itself in the barrel. That's awesome. Wow. That what they say. You that, do get great colours up north. That really, you know? um, that made my whole trip, and it was probably, it was probably a two second barrel. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh but man, that's awesome terrible, to hear. Yeah, that, yeah, that. yeah, it's great to hear that you're getting, yeah, such a memorable moment. Still, only just recently, at a break that's not that far yeah. flung, and yeah, you know, not that gnarly. It's good to see that y- your appreciation of the beauty of a barrel is, is mm. still there after you've had so many more barrels than us three put together. In all honesty, I was there in July with five hundred other people in the school holidays. And hurt your back? Yeah, probably. Oh no, that was. Oh, you're going? Did you say? Yeah, going. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Nami went there last year and appreciated the colours. Um, Yeah, yeah. Couldn't surf the entire time I was up there. Hurt his back first day. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Surf the ride out from the boat ramp, and uh, that was it. The best tube is one of our favourite questions as we end the podcast, which is you know where we get into the pointy end. Um, best surf trip is another one. I'm I'm wondering whether Mundaka. It sounds like that maybe have been answered already. Or is would you say that was the best surf? I mean, you've fucking thrown out some hell surf trips. I mean, deserts early, Padang by yourself. Yeah, uh, you've had some crackers. It's probably up north. It, it, yeah, up north, Mundaka. Is there any other it's surf trip that you feel should be put with those? One's there yeah. or were they pretty hard to beat? Yeah, there is one other. Oh, yes. <laughs> and, 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 it's just, and it was kind Crack of... Crack let's open a fresh beer. We're on, boys. Honey, <laughs> <laughs> I'm right going to be late. I got it. I also got in early to the Mentowies. Mm. I got Ooh. in early. Of course Boss. you fucking did. Boss. <laughs> 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 he got in early everywhere. <laughs> there, was, there, was, uh, there was three boats and no camps and the whole of the Mentowies oh, jumped. Wow. Yeah. And we, wow. much, and I went Fuck. with these guys who had 
gone shares in a boat called the Electric Lamb. Electric Lamb? Yeah, it was, this, it was a yacht. It wasn't an Indo boat, but it was very rough. Yeah. Very rudimentary. But what year, roughly? Mid to late 90s? I don't know. If I'd moved down south, so it would have could have been late eighties, early nineties. Yeah, would oh, have been early, early right? Yeah, right. Okay. And these guys had had gone in on a partnership with this boat, so they got X amount of trips per year, like one or two trips a year, and then they'd bring some mates along and they'd pay. And I was one of those mates that got got along, and they knew the chain inside out, so they were just telling the skipper how to skipper, basically. Mm. They were telling him where to go, when to go, and how to go, and they were very bossy, but God, we just scored place after place after place Epic. with them. So that was a really memorable trip. And then I went back there oh, about eight years ago uh, with Shory. Shory came along, and we had a fucking Shory. Not as good a ways, but what, we still what had birthday a was that one? Charm. If you rub Shory's that, belly, you get tubed. I reckon that was the moral of this podcast. That was an Indo boat. <laughs> That mm. was an Indo boat. I can't remember the name of it. Mm. Again, it was a rough one. I haven't been on one of those good boats. <laughs> <laughs> Never? Nah. And we ended up at some port at the end of the trip after a really good trip, successful trip, No, not too many injuries. Uh, and we ended up at this port and, this st- and we had to get on, we're getting on a ferry to go back to the mainland, the Dang, and this storm brew up and, my God, I've never ever experienced oh, a storm. You, you did the crossing. Like we did the crossing. Oh. <laughs> the storm was just yeah. And, and I, we're in a boat, and the ship was just oh. like rocking inside. So TVs were falling out oh. of out of their compartments, and cupboards were flinging open. Oh. People were being sick. Oh, and nightmare. then the guy, the guy did the right thing because he rode past the port to try and just ride the storm out because mm. he couldn't cut across because it was just too violent and. And I thought, well, yeah, wear the surfboards, wear the surfboards. You know, if the ferry goes down, I, yeah, I just want to be on. I just want to be on my board. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it was middle of the night, and boat boards were a long way from where we were, so I just sort of <laughs> stuck it out in the cabin. And then I got up in the morning. And I thought, yeah, I got to get to the. Hold boards. on, didn't I ask best surf trip ever? How did we end up at worst surf trip ever? Well, did I miss something? No, well, the first trip memorable. was the best. Oh, okay. This is the worst. I, I, this was a long time later. Yeah, okay, a bit so, later, yeah. and any rate, I got out of the. The cabin went up to the top and looked out into the ocean. And I thought, if you fall in that ocean, <laughs> you're fucked. You're not living. Yeah, Even yeah. if you've got a surfboard. Really? You're not living. Really? I've just never seen an ocean mm. so messed up. Really? It's had no. And that's in between, that's in a strait in between exactly. islands yeah. that we look at compared to our ocean and think, ah, oh, it can't be that bad. It gets so rough in there. Yeah. Like, yeah. Imagine being out like five Ks out. Off the coast here during yeah. this time, it'd be fucking mental. Yeah, you know. And how did the rest of that trip go? We survived. Um, did he? Well, we missed yeah. our plane. Yeah. We missed our plane, <laughs> and then <laughs> ended up on, on. That was you remember the uh, plane that went down Malaysian Airlines? Yeah, yeah. Well, this was the around, one I never found. Yes, it was just after that. Oh, oh, was it? It was about a year or two years. Malaysian Airlines were struggling to get off the ground. Oh. The only flight we could get was Malaysian Airlines. And uh, some of the crew with us didn't want to go with them, but we said, no, we've got to get home. Let's just jump on. And it was a beautiful big aeroplane and there was six of us mm. and four other people on the whole aeroplane. No and, way. And full of, you know, the hostesses. And I've never been so spoilt in my whole life. Lots of champagne, sir. Jesus. Yeah. Caviar. We got, <laughs> spoilt, we got spoilt rotten on that 
Malaysian Airlines flight and I'll make got it home happen. safe and sound. Wow. You bet. But, yeah, it was definitely I was questioning our, our futures on that boat. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, because when I ask for best surf trip ever, always the next question is worst surf trip ever. Uh, and yeah, we just got it. Yeah, we? we morphed pretty quickly there. Is there anything yeah. that can top that for worst surf trip ever? No, but that was probably that was probably. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So I, I have, like I'm, how that naturally came with yeah. because every time I write down worse, without you, Adzi, I know. I mean, I'm, I'm. What am I good for? I'm. I'm doing nothing over here. Sitting in there, your red um, shirt, looking good. Yeah, no. I mean, I've had trips up north where we've just mm. been skunked and yeah. got nothing. Really. Yeah, yeah. Sure. but you're probably just fishing and hanging out and swimming in lagoons, so it's yeah. not having a exactly, nice time. Yeah, having a nice time. Yeah. All right, we are going to wrap this one up. Okay, now we got one more. Oh, uh, do we? Yeah, of course. We'll go on then. It's my favourite. Get it up. I know what it's going to be. What is it, T Bone? Best wipeout ever. Well, worst wipeout ever. Best, 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 best slash either worst. Way. Who does sound right? Yeah, no, you're right. Okay, you're worst. Right. Yeah, worst wipeout. Worst wipeout ever. T Bone knows. Worst wipeout ever, Stumper. You must have had some doozies. All those right, barrels no, had, don't come had, for uh, free, you've had mate. Damon, you've had Damon on the podcast, haven't you? Yeah, we have. Yep. Yep. Have you had Dave Englert? No, no, we haven't had him yet. He's, he's on the broke, list. They, they both broke their femurs at the womb. It's because they're, they're stupid natural footers, that's why. And well, the womb is not meant for natural footers. Oh, Are you about Stumper's to change that a, theory? Uh, well, I did story. something really stupid out there. It was it was really good and not that – not for womb standard – Good sort of user friendly worm as far as worm can be. Fuck. Uh, yeah. But it's still still heavy. Oh, but not, so not heavy nowhere near as heavy as yeah. I've seen it or surfed. And it was at a time where I felt like I was sort of starting to come to terms with the joint. It's like it's like anywhere that's waves of consequence. It takes a while to to feel the joint out. And yeah. I felt I was getting to that point. And there was these annoying euros out there. No, and they weren't no. they weren't that good. But they were from really, Munducker. No, they weren't from Munducker. <laughs> But they were those type of people where they weren't that good, but they were willing, and they were being well. annoying, and they forced me into a wave that I probably shouldn't have gone, and I thought, you know, I'll show them a thing or two, and I went this wave anyway, and free fell out of the takeoff, and then tried to land it, and I should have just let it go in yeah. that moment. Just yeah, right. I knew I was, I knew I was in trouble, but oh. to prove a point, I was going to land this impossible takeoff. Wow! And as the board's free fall and my feet have obviously lost contact with the board for a moment and the board's hit the bottom of the wave and then my feet have just come onto the board and then the lips come fair into the back of my my uh, shoulders and just drilled me oh, into the board. Fuck. Sounds like and a recurring theme like out there. diamonds. Yeah. And just blew my ankle out. Did it? Oh. Blew my ankle out. And uh, I didn't – I just did li- heaps of ligament damage. Didn't break any bones. Mm. Yeah, lucky. But, it's yeah, I spent – I spent four months out of the water. But also from that, then I ended up two days later with this thing in my calf where I felt like I must have broken my fibula or tibia. It's like a delayed action. Yeah. And it was just getting worse and worse. I ended up having to go to the doctors and I, from the the impact and the trauma of the ankle and the swelling, I ended up with a blood clot from that. Wow. Then I was on medication on that for three weeks, having needles every day for for three weeks. So that was probably... My worst wipeout, I reckon. Yeah, I've probably been pretty lucky. I had a really, not so much a wipeout, but the the scaredest I've ever been probably is at. Don't know if I should, you know, a, a left hander at Elliston. Okay. Yep. 
probably know the wave. I do the it's wave. It's a very yep. scary wave. It's got a reputation. There's been for sharks and shark heaviness of and surf. heaviness, and it's you know it's apparently equal to to toomies and womb in in quality and heaviness. So I, I yep. went there with my family, and I was hunting it down for all my life, trying to get it. And no one turned up, and I wasn't paddling out on my own. And oh, so it was pumping, and you nah, were there by yourself. No, it was yourself? fun. It was fun. Four foot, windy, but four foot for about two or three days, and I was staying there, and, and no going one there, there for no the one time. in the car park, no one turning yeah. up. Yeah, right. I it was not long after the the shark Someone had been taken down. Di- so, that, there, yeah, so that was playing on my mind. And if you've ever been to that part of South Australia, every service station, every news agent, oh, every shop you go hell, to, there's yeah. a pair of jaws or there's a photo yeah, or a replica of, and, of something. Yeah. So it just it starts to sort of play on your mind. No, it does. Chips away at you. And then and then I was I was end up back down at Streaky, ran into Leaf Mulek and Leaf knew some crew and they said, Oh, it's gonna be on, let's go. So we drove all the way back there. And it was on, and yeah. it was and it was big. It was sort of eight to ten foot breaking out on this phantom bomby, and then coming in and then standing up. And local boys went out, so we followed them out. And oh my god, it's so heavy! Like is it, it? And yeah, the wave is really heavy. The takeoffs just as frightening as scary. Toomies and black water. Yeah, right. Just black water and. And then these bombies would break and you go, oh, okay, there's something coming, let's let's get out of here. And I'm trying to sneak in and get some five-footers and wasn't having much luck. And then I was getting caught in whirlpools and then it's the biggest dolphin I've ever seen just started <laughs> spinning <laughs> and eyeballing me, like <laughs> literally eyeballing me and doing donuts around me. Oh, wow. And then it was taking off and it's got this thing where you do take off and then it's got this back door section that you back door and then it runs off down the reef and – and walls off after that. That they would like go through the back door section, and then they'd use it as a slingshot, and just flick themselves out the back, mm. and get like ten feet in the air, and just splash the water <laughs> really hard. They were like, owning it. they were yeah. ruling. Yeah. But anyway, so then finally I got away. Finally, after quite some time of ducking and weaving and just not feeling comfortable, got away, and it was a good wave, and I felt rode it down. I got right down the end. I flicked out, and just this little feeling of relief came over me and then I flicked out and you're just out in the middle of the ocean. Like you, you surf out to sea into right. this bay because it's this big bay you sort of end up. Yeah. And then and it goes off a bit like, like – it just goes off a, sh- a, sh- a shelf. shallow shelf into deep water. So yeah. you're paddling back out in deep water and I just couldn't deal with it. I just – the guys had gone in, it was just Leaf and he looked like a little – Dot out. At, oh, so at it's the a takeoff. fairly longish wave. Yeah, well, I must have milked that wave. I was trying to get everything <laughs> out of it, and I, I just wanted to go in. So, and I, I had the courage to paddle back to Leaf to say, "Look, Leaf, I'm just, this place is just spinning me out. I just can't, I can't deal with That's it." That's saying so much coming from someone of your caliber. And like, then I, uh, for those that don't listen, I mean, so you know, I paddled in. Fuck. I paddled in, got to the, across the channel again. That scary up the freaking steep cliff. Oh. Got to the car and I was just so relieved. I was so relieved, yeah. and then uh, I had a look in the in the rear vision mirror, and I burst a blood vessel in my forehead. <laughs> oh, really? Just, yeah, just from stress. This big stress. lump in my forehead, just no from way. stressing. Fuck! It was just what it was, it was. I've had it twice. Surfing, it's. I've fun. had it twice <laughs> since, but not as bad as that. It's just where the emotions of the yeah. of everything got the better of me. Because isn't there like a can't. cliff and then a deep water channel and then the reef? Yeah. So yeah. you've got to paddle across the channel. Is that? That's right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. and for those local guys, it was just another day to surf. Uh, yeah. Um, but for yeah. me, I just let. Everything get the better of me until I got to the point where I just couldn't control it, and I just mm. had to get in. Oh, that's wow. crazy. Yeah, I mean that that's crazy just... because you have surfed so many heavy left-handers in your life, and you've surfed 
down here on stretches of coast that have had multiple fatalities, but the time you're talking about the fatalities down here hadn't really come to come through yet. It was no, pre- prior to that. So. It would have been prior to that, correct. You've got to trust your instincts too, right? Mm, yeah, and yeah. you've got to trust your instincts. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's a good point too. Yeah. Well, that's a freaking pretty scary fucking story that gave me the heebie-jeebies. So yeah, me yeah. too. <laughs> me too. Yeah. All right. Are we so there? we are going to wrap this one up. Okay. Um, last comments, T-Bone, before we say good nights and farewell to Mike McCauley. I'm sure there's so many more stories that Stomper could fill us well, in he, on. But he scratched the surface, didn't mate. We? we, 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 you know, I feel like we got halfway yeah. under the surface. Uh, there was some fucking ripper yarns there. Thanks so much, Stomper, for coming in. Uh, you've been a long time coming in here. There's an, definitely a, another solid handful of, of people of your same ilk that we want to get in, but we're super stoked that you came and joined us on a Friday night yeah, in the some, shed quarters. Some more West Australian surf stories. Round of applause, mate. I reckon. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> well, I have got this one. Yeah. Like, oh, um, mates, is there anything, uh, any final words you want to leave us with, Stomper? Where's, where's your head at these days in relation to surfing and uh, how do you feel about life in general? I couldn't be happier, really. Wicked. Feel like I'm you. pretty lucky with, yeah, with my family and the family that I've ended up with, and we're chasing definitely both my wife and I chasing the lifestyle road over any yep. other priority. You got kids? Got three kids. Sick. Yeah. Boys, yeah. girls, two boys, two boys yep. and a girl. They surf. Mm. The two boys, they're, they're all keen on their sport. The um, my daughter, I felt she was going to probably be my best chance to be. A frothing surfer because she's, she's such. She was very much very water water orientated yep. young person, but you know she ended up getting into dancing and netball and other sports. And my boys were footy mad, yeah, cricket mad. Uh, so they never really got into the surfing, which yep. you know, which was a bummer. But I was very conscious of not forcing it as well because mm, I've yeah. seen how that can turn bad as well. Yeah, but as the boys got older, they've they not on the same level as as froth as me, but they've got. Right into their surfing. They surf a bit? Yeah, yeah, they love it. So you've shared some a couple of good sessions with your yeah, boys? Yeah, had a good trip with my oldest boy at the Bluff last year. He, oh, awesome. He's at uni. Are they goofy footers, both of them? Both goofy footers. Fucking happy days for yeah, you then, yeah, Stumper. Yeah, the <laughs> That makes life easy, doesn't it, mate? Makes life a lot easier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the goofies. Oh, that's good news. Awesome to hear, man. Yeah, that's no, great. that's awesome. And I'd like to thank Mike on behalf of uh, Bell. Surf Podcast, T-Bone, Azzy, myself and all the listeners out there because I know there's going to be heaps of people frothing on your stories, yeah, mate. Yeah, it's a good one. And thanks to Mickey Plowman. He yeah, put a lot of effort into yeah, making this one happen. Yeah. I really thought he was going to stick around and uh, and and grill you, but uh, because he works FIFO, he, uh, he, he yeah, needs to – get back to, to the family. Needs to get back to the family. But thanks, Mickey, for, for really making this one happen. And and I believe uh, you're retiring to Hotel Plowman this evening and uh, – Hopefully he's got a hot dinner on the table for you, mate. You better. <laughs> yeah, well, and he's planning on getting up at 4 a.m. too and going for a surf. Of course he is. Frother. All right, so you've been listening to Barrel Surf Podcast once again. It's been an absolute pleasure bringing this to you. Thank you so much, Mike Stomper-McAuliffe, and we will catch you next time on the show. Yeah. Woo-hoo.